0: hello everyone welcome to the readers on the wall this is episode 39 my name is harrison and joining me today is my lovely co-host brooke how's it going brooke
1: i'm good harrison how are you
0: i'm doing pretty good um had a very productive weekend a lot of cleaning um, we did oh. some, we did some meal prep for the week, which is pretty nice. Adult, adult of us, <laughs> and uh, um, one of our good friends has a pool, so we went over there um, twice.
1: <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, been warm.
0: Yeah, no, what it, it hit? Um, it hit a hundred yesterday in Oregon, which is
1: oh man, is
0: basically the worst scenario ever because we're all total wimps. And so we're all just, like, <laughs> melting and dying. And we went over to the pool and we spent all day there. It was, it was pretty fun.
1: Do you get humidity there?
0: Um, I, not, not, we do, but it's not terrible. Like I, I've had Alabama humidity and it's, that's the worst uh, thing. Yeah yeah we get
1: we get not like you know southern humidity but we get it we get it pretty good up here and that's it's been like you know high 80s low 90s and so with that humidity it feels Um, about the same
0: yeah just like a slug slug all day that's how i feel when it's really hot really humid i'm just like Uh,
1: oh my god i know you just walk out and like just that wall hits you It's awful.
0: (sighs) but (laughs) uh what about you how was your weekend
1: um, it, it was pretty good. We you know, can't do too much, because um, 'cause I'm crippled right now. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, we're just we um we went and we had dinner, you know, me, Grandma, Max, my husband, we, we went out and we, we got chicken wings and fried Ooh. food and we had a good, you know, like take home dinner. So it was good. It was a good time. Good.
0: I'm glad. That's awesome. Yeah. Um I had something I was gonna ask you. Oh okay before we get into our wonderful chapters which we had some pretty good chapters this week we did Um, so i don't know if you mentioned this in a show previously but you work at a bank so you're like super smart right (laughs)
1: sure we'll go with
0: that (laughs) yeah Yeah. so what so so can you explain this whole national coin shortage thing i I finally started seeing signs for it around my town and i was like i was like I was like, huh, like, I, you know what? I bet Brooke would know what that is.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. So this is something that I actually have been dealing with for probably about a month, month and a half, two months now. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, because of COVID, the mint stopped minting coins. And uh, apparently, maybe because of COVID, people were not coming into the bank and returning coin to the bank or into the economy in general. uh uh-huh. um, so there's a coin shortage. So the mm-hmm. the Fed had limited the amount that each individual bank could order from them in coin. So like my bank in particular, we have like, you know, three, I think it's like 300 and some branches, 200 some branches, something like that. Anyways, so the Fed limited the amount of coin that we could bring in. So then my bank then had to determine by, you know, weekly need where that coin had to go so a hub had to take it and then it had to be dished out by couriers and stuff oh yes it was a whole thing yeah yeah it's not it's not just like you know on facebook everybody's like oh they're trying to make it a cashless society you know the conspiracy (laughs) theory like it's not it's not all like that like there really is just they we couldn't order coins so we didn't have coin to give to businesses so you know hence why businesses are short and asking you not to use cash or you know use exact change so that they don't have to give you change right so huh so yeah right. but no it is a thing
0: i feel very educated and now <laughs> now i now i can go on facebook and say my friend brooke said this so you're wrong and i'm right <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just I've act- I've right. Actually i have been... actually
1: i'm educated now <laughs> right?
0: um well um ever since i started reading more often like i talked in the last uh, episode i've actually been off facebook a lot more often so I'm not nearly do you feel
1: better about yourself. Oh my gosh. I feel feels like cool. Everybody feels so much better. And I, I wish so I could do better. it, but I just can't.
0: <laughs> no, I feel great. Cause, um, I joined a, like one of the, probably the only reason I actually stay on Facebook, of course, just to keep up with people. You know, it's nice to know what's going on with everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
0: um, I, the main reason I'm on there is because I join like X Men fan groups and Game of Thrones fan groups and right. you know all these different groups. And whenever I'm like, because my my hobbies change so often, it's kind of ridiculous. Probably never <laughs> help either but um <laughs> that way when i'm like really into x-men i can go on the group and i can be like oh my gosh did you notice on page 7 panel 18 that blah, blah blah and the coloring was blue instead of green and oh my gosh you know right. yeah, <laughs> man, just nerdy so just nerdy crap like that but mm-hmm. um but yeah that's probably the main reason i'm on there but like i said ever since i've been reading more often i've been off of it and i've not nearly been as annoyed with the world because <laughs> <laughs> right. man like
1: Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, it's just uh, uh, crazy I know we have like Amish who live down the road and I'm just like you know they know nothing pretty much compared to what we know you know what I mean <laughs> in comparison it's like wouldn't it be nice to just not know really anything and just not have to deal with all this every single day <laughs>
0: so I was um so when this whole pandemic thing started it was like probably like a month and a half into it and you know everyone's adjusting everyone's trying to figure out what's going on and this guy posts up online and he's like, oh my gosh, did anyone inform the Amish about this? Do they know? Like, who knows? Like, like has someone gone and talked to them? And, <laughs> and this and this guy, like, I don't know if he was like a senator, but he was some some higher up in the government or of the, of the local government. And he basically mm-hmm. responded. He's like, we actually sent a, a courier to them to chat with them and inform them the whole thing. So. Oh you know, my at God! Least, that's so le- funny. It's like at least <laughs> at least in our county, they're informed. I'm sure everyone they're all informed by now. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> that's good. Oh
1: my God, that is so funny. Yeah, I, How can i hear it though?
0: <laughs> I know, right? Go you guys, go you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now, I'll tell you what. I've been trying. Like I said, this whole pa- pandemic thing started probably the, the most the worst thing I could do ever. If I if I was like, you know what, Harrison. I wanna have a really bad day today is I just jump into like Fox twelve like comment section on like oh, their yeah. youth posts. Oh my gosh. I I, I just went through the cycle of like every other day going on there and just like getting mad and like
2: telling people that
0: they are and i mean i'm usually not like too trolly but Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes i get it just
1: brings it out in you it
0: does it's terrible and i I just i don't like myself when i do that so (laughs) but i've been (laughs) if only
1: everyone realized that
0: (laughs) right it's just like come on people like you you feel like crap afterwards and and the thing is this the the thing that i always say to myself to get out of it or to stop me from getting it is i'm just like okay you you're not going to say something and all of a sudden that person you're talking to is going to be like you know what you're right <laughs> like,
1: exactly like they are never going to change their mind even if they did they are not going to tell you they did Yeah, they're not so going to it's not going to matter
0: exactly no that's I, I try especially in real life and i try to do it online sometimes i fail but i try and avoid arguments basically at all costs because i'm just like it never leads to anything good actually one of the Here's a little relationship-free advice on our wonderful Game of Thrones. uh,
2: Ooh. (laughs) um, (laughs)
0: Yes. So, so basically, one of the best things I ever learned, especially in my marriage, is whenever you are highly emotional in any sense, angry, sad, way too happy, you know, anything like that, usually the the decisions you make during that time are usually the wrong ones. True. Like, pretty much like if you're angry and you decide i'm gonna, you know i'm just gone i storm off and i leave the house it's probably the wrong decision (laughs) (laughs) very true exactly so i've just learned the best thing to do is just to walk away and calm down because after you calm down you can think a lot clearer and then you can come back and you can figure out you know how to best solve the problem or whatever happens so right there's a little free advice for anyone out there.
1: <laughs> we're a jack of all trades on this podcast. We know.
0: are. We cover everything.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, but speaking of covering things, I think we are going to jump into what were the actual purpose of this podcast, and that is to read through A Song of Ice and Fire, especially A Clash of Kings, is that we were going through right now, and we're going to be covering chapters seven, eight, and nine. That is going to include Catelyn's first chapter. Uh, Tyrion's second chapter and Arya's third chapter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would say great, a pretty decent three chapter setup, especially seven and eight. Nine's a little um, throwaway feeling. I'll be honest, and I'll I'll, I'll kind of yeah, explain that there. Yeah, you can kind of agree with me, right?
1: <sighs> yeah, I kind of agree. It's I mean it's good. Don't get me wrong, it's still good, but it's just kind of it's not to the same level as the other two.
0: I agree. I agree, and we'll, and we'll we'll get we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, is there anything else you just got to get off your mind before we dive into this? I don't think so. I am ready. Uh, hold on, I'm not ready. Apparently, one second. <laughs> hey, yes. my wife. So my wife started a little garden. On the side of our house and she just pulled her first bushel of carrots this
2: is- <gasps> <Yay! laughs>
0: oh oh, okay we that's, this is all the carrots we have there's one two three four five six carrots and they're all about and two inches know, long seven. <laughs> seven carrots they're <laughs> all about two inches long we're not very good at gardening but we're learning <laughs>
1: i'm not very good at keeping any type of plant alive so you're doing better than me
0: <laughs> that's true our yeah so our peppers and our Zucchinis are really good, but everything else is pretty rough. But we'll get, we're, we're learning.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: okay, anyways, now let's jump into this. Okay, so we're going to be starting with uh, Catelyn 1. Now, uh, where we basically left off was Rob basically took over. Ja- you know, took out Jamie's army as they were defending River Run, and he's kind of just established himself there. He was declared king in the north, and this is kind of the aftermath of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, starts off, we get a great description of his crown. You know, he's a king. You got to have a crown. It's just the way things are. Um, oh, and
1: isn't it just perfect for a northernman?
0: It, it It is. Um, I actually wrote down the, the opening line here. It says, um, it's an open circlet of hammered bronze incised with the runes of the first men, surmounted by nine black iron spikes wrought in the shape of long swords. Um, of gold and silver and gemstones that had none bronze and iron were the metals of winter dark and strong uh, strong to fight against the cold isn't that just the most like (laughs) like I want this thing to be manly I want a manly crown
1: oh yeah the Northern men would have nothing less. Can you imagine, you know, can you imagine anything else? You just can't.
0: You can't. Yeah. I mean, I mean having rubies and, you know, all these different gemstones on there, you know, a big Pope hat, basically. I just can't, I couldn't see Rob wearing something like that. And it's, it's really cool just because they based that crown that they made for him, um, on the crown that was first worn back, you know, back in the day when mm-hmm. they did have a King in the North. Um, that crown has been lost in time, basically. It was given to Aegon the Conqueror when um, Torn Stark bent the knee and, you know, basically, you know, submitted to the Targaryens when they took over Westeros. Um, but this is kind of the, be- the best kind of guess they got as to what it looked like, which I think is pretty cool, you know, bringing back history, you know, where we're, it we're is, doing. Yeah, it is uh, yeah. cool.
1: And I think that it's, I think that it's, um, the way that George wrote it is so cool because it leaves the story on the original crown open-ended. You know, he says, um, "Do um, the ancient crown of the Kings of Winter had been lost three centuries ago, yielded up to Aegon the Conqueror when Torrin Stark knelt in submission. What Aegon had done with it, no man could say. It's just done, like, is, <laughs> yeah, there could be more to a story there. Is there? Probably not. But could, there could be. And I just love the way that that was written. It gave more mystery to this to this crown it just gave it a more of an edge i guess
0: yeah no i, I and i love how the one thing that's amazing about uh grim in my opinion is i feel like he wrote he wrote basically two books when he wrote this series because you know there's so much that happened in the past there's incredible mm-hmm. about stuff the whole like we, we don't have a book that basically explains everything about I don't have someone from the point of view of someone who is in it. And, and what's awesome about it is he recalls back to those events so often throughout the story, like right here, he could have just said like, Oh yeah, this is what the crown back in the day looked like, you know, but he's like, no, no, I got to tie it back into history. I got to recall those things. You know, I got to sprinkle the history of, of this world throughout the whole book and make it concise and not overcomplicated. You know, you know what I mean? It's just, very impressive to me
1: yeah world building uh, always world building
0: always um so and and i think one of the best parts about it is we get this great description of this crown and then it talks about rob basically shifting it and moving it and trying in different positions on his head which which is i think it's just a natural thing i mean you got this giant thing on your head that you're probably not used to wearing so it's probably not right. that comfortable i imagine because you know it's not gonna have any cush to it
1: yeah, especially um, with what it's made of. it's probably pretty heavy,
0: yeah, right. but but I think it also it's just not only is it kind of a natural thing that w- would happen to somebody who hasn't worn a crown their whole life, but it also just kind of it's a nice kind of um visual thing that sh- shows us that hey, Rob isn't really comfortable with what he's doing right now. you know he's mm-hmm. not used to it he's tr- he's basically coming up with it as it go as he goes. he's laying down the train track as you know as the train's driving on top of it, I feel like so. right. So, um, but the purpose of this, of this is he's sitting on his, you know, his big, I, I, I don't think it's a throne, but, you know, not, probably a nicer chair, you know.
1: <laughs> velvet-backed.
0: Yeah, velvet-backed. <laughs> you know, they're on River Run. It's not the North. So, you know, they like a little cush. Um
2: <laughs>
0: But um, Rob's basically sitting there. He's got his sword across his knee. He's got his giant di- direwolf next to him. And there are they are bringing in a prisoner who's named Sir Cleos Frey. He's married to a Lannister, and the purpose of this is he's going to be sending Sir Cleos to King's Landing to deliver a message of peace to Cersei, like a negotiation. And um, he's got a message for him; it's all laid out. You know, here's the terms. We'll go over those in just a second. But I think the the big part of it is that he basically says, "Hey, like you can go. You're going to go to King's Landing. You're deliver this message, and on your honor as a knight, you're going to come back. All right." <laughs>
1: How do you feel about this, Harrison?
0: <laughs> like, I, I, j- like just this part, or the or the terms? Because the terms are the, a whole other thing. The terms
1: <laughs> are a whole other thing. No, just this vowel part. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's kind of like I don't know. What, what, what do you? It sounds like you have some thoughts on it, though.
1: <laughs> I just I feel like it's one of those subtle ways to show that Rob is still green and making these decisions as fierce as he looks sitting there with his sword across his lap and his direwolf by his side and his crown on his head. Because I mean, if, if, if you think about it, if he's chose to fight on this Lannister side, if this man chose to fight on the Lannister side Mm. and you're making him vow to you, the King in the North, that you're gonna come back as your honor as a knight. I mean, you're technically a false king in his eyes. So even if he made a <laughs> vow to you, it's not a real vow. So That's I'm just point. like, this is to me. I just feel like this is kind of like a, you know, didn't really think this decision all the way through. One of those green decisions.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. And I don't know. It does seem a little like, I don't know, maybe slightly unnecessary. I don't, I don't like the only thing I could think of. Is the like the main reason he wants him to come back is just to keep information not as spread out possibly, you know, right. in terms of the size of the army is that's kind of my thinking. But then again, what's he what's the what's he gonna know about that? You know, he's probably not out there counting everybody. Right. He's not overhearing and sitting in on meetings and things like that. So I don't I don't know. It's 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 an interesting situation. But um, but anyways, let's um so we're gonna jump into the terms that now, no also one thing of note we learned this later but rob actually wasn't the one who initiated this process of wanting to send out negotiation terms um uh, we learned that catlin was the one who basically uh recommended it kind of pressured it to do it and mm-hmm. rob just kind of was like all right fine we'll do it you know probably mm-hmm. possibly out of frustration possibly out of well you know i should listen to my counselors or something but but Catlin has a great line later on, where she basically is like, "Look, like, like Rob's restless, just as much as restless as all the other Northern lords, you know, especially when it comes to, um, oh God, call what's his name, um, the guy who oh. walks, walks out of the meeting, Carstark. Carstark, yeah, Sir Car, you know, you know, Lord Carstark, he walks out of it because he's like, I don't want to. He walks out of this whole meeting at one point because he's basically like, I don't want to, you know." Have terms of peace, you know. My sons died in this war, you know. They're all kind of amped up, and they want bloodshed, and they want to take their revenge, which isn't the smartest thing in the whole world. But I guess that's just <clears> the way men are, right? Those darn men, darn <laughs> um, men. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, <laughs> so in ter- uh the terms of this negotiation, and I would say a, a chunk of these are nego- are reasonable. One of them yeah. is um, Sansa and Arya need to be released back to me. I think that's understandable.
2: Pretty you standard.
0: Know? Yeah, I would say that's a pretty standard thing. The roughest part about that is they don't have aria, so right. like, which is rough. It's like so right already.
1: Away- these terms are going not very well.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's funny. Like when I first read that, I was like, okay, well they don't have aria, so they can't fulfill. So there's really no point to this. Already. <laughs> but once again, that gets into. I feel like I mention this every time, but information is so important in this world because not everyone has all of the information.
2: Right. You know, we we to... do as the yeah. reader.
0: Mm-hmm. But these characters don't. We need to realize, okay, Rob doesn't know that Arya is like, heading north right now. He thinks she... he thinks that she's captured at King's Landing. So Sansa and Arya need to be returned. Sansa's patrol to Joffrey needs to be annulled. Okay. I don't know if that's the right word, but it needs to be cancelled.
1: Again, but... pretty standard, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's pretty standard, and um, I will say this: um, sometimes I it, it kind of shocks me that their patrol lasted last this long, especially after all the events on the Trident when he tried to basically kill Arya, and he was attacked by the wolf, and all that stuff happened.
1: I know, and especially now, like I can see you still holding her hostage and everything, but it, but for the idea that the proposal is still on is still still
0: weird to me. Right. Well, I, I'm curious how all that happens because I think I think it's pretty obvious that. You know, when the you know, if they did get married, it would definitely be under duress. Like, it's not something that she's okay with. Right. Next up, um, basically, uh, let's see, hold on. If that is all done, uh, a bunch of their, a bunch of like Lannister cousins and some other, you know, family members of the Lannisters would be released back to them as well. Kind of a trade, mm-hmm. you, know, our, you know, the Starks for the Lannister trade. But mm-hmm. he specifically mentions that, or no, he doesn't mention it here, but Jamie isn't listed in this in this trade right here which is you know it's kind of like mm, I, I don't see how the lancers are going to agree to that unless jamie is released as well right but we'll keep we'll, not keep very going. equal yeah right unfortunately next, um next one um the bones of ned stark and his men need to be turned over and returned to them i think that's definitely a very reasonable request i think yeah that's fair like not even in times of war i think it's just a courtesy thing that probably should be done anyways but then again right Joffrey's the king. <laughs> <laughs> True. Now, right? Now when they're chatting about um, Ned's bones, they, um, Catelyn actually starts reflecting back on her husband of course, you know, pretty natural thing to do. And she thinks back to when he first made the decision to become Hand of the King. And she's kind of racked with some torment and guilt here because she pressured him to go south. Uh, well, you know, to you need to go with Robert, with Ro- uh, Robert to be his hand and Figure out what's mm-hmm. going on in there. Which, which of note, um, that doesn't happen in the show. Just as a note, uh, Catlin in the show actually wanted her to stay. That was kind of a, a pretty decent... Eh, not a huge change, but a decently sized change they made.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, ice needs to be returned back to them. Pretty courtesy, I would say. Yep. Um, then um, another big um, exchange of prisoners. Basically, Rob would release all the prisoners from the Battle of the Whispering Woods... The Lannisters would release all their prisoners from the Green Fork, the Battle of Green Fork. Pretty standard, I would say. And then, except um, for oh yeah, and um, yeah, what is it? Um, thing was yeah, Jamie, Jamie, won't be released either. Correct. Yes, no Jamie. Which again, I, I, <laughs> like that's that's the big one. You know, it's like okay, how can you expect how can you expect this to ever work if you can't let Jamie go?
1: At this point, how do they even know he's alive, really? Honestly.:
0: Exactly..: you know? Yeah, well, well it's, it's interesting interesting you say that because I, I kind of got this vibe that Tywin we'll, we'll probably see this later on when we get to you know, hear from him more often. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of got the, the image that Jamie's gone, that he's kind of given up on the fact like, okay, he's probably going to die and I need to make plans in my future as if he's not here or if, or if he's not going to be released ever.
1: Well, it is kind of the way you know the way we see him give Tyrion more and more power, you know, he sent him as hand in his stead. Normally, he wouldn't do something like that I feel like unless he was trying to like test and groom him I feel because Jamie's not going to be I don't think he feels like Jamie's not going to be the face of the Lannister family anymore.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot of problems with it with that so far um anyways um then um also also i like um i think it's at this at this point like there's some like cheer like yeah you know we're amazing and and um, it's the great (laughs) number it says something like he threw his ham-sized fist down on the table and you know declared king (laughs) um and then kind of the big one um basically the not only the north Will become an independent, you know, um, kingdom of its own, but also all all the lands that are watered by the Trident, which includes River Run, which includes a pretty good section of the south part, mm-hmm. south part of Westeros, and that means that they're not going to be taxed by by the South, you know, King's Landing area. Um, all the land is going to be, you know, given to the North, basically, and I think I think the really tough. Sell on this is they're including the riverlands as well. It's not just the north, it's
1: yeah, that's a pretty big chunk.
0: Yeah, so not because the thing is, this um, the north half of Westeros is basically the size of the south half. The south was probably just a little bit bigger, I think, but they're relatively the same size, right? not, Not only are they losing more than half of the land, they're also losing a pretty large chunk of taxes and of people and it could, I mean, in King's Landing it is already uh, in debt and in a really crappy situation for them to lose most of, you know, like let's say 60, 65% of their, of their citizens or, you know, chunk of the landmass. That's just going to put them even further down into the hole.
1: Right. Especially when you consider the fact that everything's been, pillaged (laughs) anyways
0: (laughs) right yeah that whole thing um we'll we'll, we'll be chatting with that as we keep going but i I think the other um the other rough part about it at least in my mind is just setting up the territories or the you know the line of what's the north and what's the south because back in the day when the north was you know a kingdom of its own it had a very distinctive section it was the neck you know it's like okay like Mm -hmm. from the neck up Um, that's, that's the North, but now they're, they're starting to encroach down, down further past that. And that can, I I feel like that's just going to lead to a lot of contention, a lot of, um, you know, just asking for trouble. Exactly. Um, and then the process is that, um, once in, in, when it comes to the terms, basically they would. The, the Lannisters, they would send in ten, ten, like, you know, High Lords as hostages for them, and then, then every two years, they would, re- or every year they were, would release two of those hostages, like, on a sign of good faith kind of a thing. Which, I don't know, that might be kind of a standard thing.
1: It's a cool strategy, I think, if you were talking to, like, negotiable people,
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I mean like we said at the very beginning these terms can't be fulfilled just because they don't have Arya like that's just straight right. up it can't be done but uh, so that's that's problem number 1 the second problem is that Jamie isn't going to be released there's no you know end date to when he's going to be released he's not even included as far as i could tell in any in, of
1: these yeah yeah,
0: yeah he's not included especially in like the 10 hostage release situation it doesn't say like hey along with that we'll also release Jamie at the end of the the you know year Uh, you know once we're all released then we'll release jamie um i think that just leaves such a like whoa hold on you're trying to not you know you're trying to pass this off as everything's cool but there's no way in here says what you're going to do with jamie lannister we need him back um yeah
1: there there has to be negotiations of some type like there has and negotiations include some type of conceding some of your you know, benefits to so that the other side is happy.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. This does feel a little one-sided at this point. Um, what, What's interesting about this is he's making all these terms, and I, and I think th- the perspective that he has, along with his other Northern Lords, is that they're in such an advantage, a- advantageous situation, that they can make such demands like this. Like, it's like, hey, if you don't do these, we're definitely going to take over, and we're going to, you know, come sack king's land right Pull you off he'll the throne. bring
1: another whispering wood oh my
0: gosh that was, <laughs> I, I i honestly don't think i've ever eye rolled that hard <laughs> in I a know. good long time you're just like rob oh my god
2: come on
0: that <laughs> <laughs> was the most ridiculous thing ever and then you know you got you got um gray wind howling and everyone's all like yeah this is so badass and Callan's probably rolling her eyes as well
1: Feels like he should be like, like holding a wolf or a lion pelt in the air or something like that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like...
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez.
0: laughs> Embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's basically the terms. They're gonna send him off with that. And I, if I if I recall recall correctly, basically none of the terms are followed except. Um, the return of Ned Stark's bones and his men. I think that's the only thing oh. out of, out of this peace treaty that is actually mm-hmm. fulfilled. Because I know that I know. Oh, oh, wait. You don't know that. Hmm, I'm not going to tell you. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Let's just say, I, like, ice isn't returned. Oh, maybe you do know that, but anyways, ice isn't returned. Um, oh, that's
1: right. And He's none of melted. Good. Yeah,
0: it might it's not so
1: be like in the that. books, but okay. Yeah.
0: It, it is in the books. For some reason, I thought that didn't happen in the show, but it does happen in the show. So never mind, Brooke. You just one up me.
2: <laughs> oh, darn.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. So the meeting's over. They're wrapping up. And as they're walking out, Catelyn gives him a little, you know, scolds him a little bit. It's like, dude, like, what was that whole thing with the wolf and the Whispering Wood thing? Come on. <laughs> like... He's
1: like, ha, ha ha, it was funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I know <laughs> that part was so like, okay, we just, we just saw like his his little immaturity. Yeah, I, I, I don't know i I've heard I've heard people just on the web, you know, talking, you know, reading through other chapter by chapter discussions of these. Some people view that as kind of a cruel thing that Rob did you know he enjoyed the threatening of sir cleos Frey, and you know someone 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 even like went as far as like yeah that was kind of like joffrey feeling of him and i was like i don't think it's that oh,
1: bad i don't think so <laughs> i don't think
0: it's that bad but i think i think it, i think it's just kind of his immaturity popping through him you know, be like oh man that was so cool i bet he wet his pants <laughs> you
1: right yeah. A little bit of Theon in the background, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Geez. So, um, so then kind of, then we kind of get to see, um, why the another reason why this treaty won't really work work when it comes to, um, we, I was talking about, you know, they're setting these terms as if they're in such an advantageous position, but they're not really, um, Ch- Edmure is chatting with him and is basically saying, Hey, like, we need to be marching on here and all. We need to be going after Tywin and his army. We need to be, you know, setting up a better position of power here. But the problem is, um, Rob's army is actually dwindling, it's actually getting smaller. And the purpose of it is, or the reason behind it is that Edmure basically gave permission to the river lords that were in River, uh, river Run to go back out to their own castles, their own lands to defend them against all of these Lannister raiders that are happening right now. And that's definitely a rough call. Right. As to if that, if that's correct or not, because I don't know, you can't really expect them to just sit there and
1: do nothing
0: and and do nothing. Let their people, you know, be sacked and ravaged and pillaged and all that terrible, terrible stuff, especially how brutally that the mountain and Tywin's, men are doing it by i mean they're right they're salting the earth they're killing cows and you know all their livestock just to let it rot away and it's it's, it's freaking terrible bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> super bad. um but yeah yeah and, and rob basically he, rob gets pretty pissy at him he's basically like, look dude like he realized my army's getting smaller because you let them go out and he basically feels like he can't really do much here mm-hmm. um then they um the, the, then they mention about um, Lord Carr Stark leaving the meeting midway. Um, that's kind of when we get that. Just talk about like he wants revenge, you know, and, you know, he wants to shed some blood over what happened. He just can't really be at peace with the fact that, like, hey, if we can end this war, then that's all we need to do. He's just like, no, right. that's, not, that's not enough.
2: No, I, yeah. I
0: need some revenge from it. And we'll see what, we'll see how that lays out later on. Um, pretty terrible but, um let's see. <laughs> and and then they start chatting catelyn and him they kind of chat about a lot of things but one of them the first thing they start talking about is is jamie you know she mentions you know talks about hey like what are we going to do about jamie you know there was nothing in the terms talking about getting him out and everything and rob i feel like we even though we saw like an immature moment beforehand with the whole direwolf and all that thing, I think we get a pretty decent moment here where he's basically like, Hey, like I, I wish I could re- release him, but my other Lords won't let me basically. Like if I did that, they would unseat me as King right now. Right. And I think, I think Rob realizes like, okay, they made me King. They anointed, you know, appointed me as King and they could take that away from me.
1: Just as quick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just as quick. And I think I think that I think it's I think it's good of him to realize how much power he actually has, what he can do, what he can't do. Um, it's pretty pretty different compared to Joffrey, who is just power drunk right now and mm-hmm. basically doing whatever he can. But then again, if you think about it, basically everyone at King's Landing is allowing him. So it's Partially their fault too, as well. Right, exactly. Them, so much Product crap to the thing.
1: environment. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. That's definitely part of it, and um, we'll get to that a little bit later when we get embarrassed <laughs> talking about his riddle thing. But that—that's the next chapter. Um, let- this
1: whole section kind of surprises me. Catlin does because it's. Almost like she's getting a little bit desperate. Like, she's not really thinking clearly. Normally, she's very, you know, political. She's the one putting her two cents in on the political side of things and why they showed her should not, you know, make a certain move. And here she's, like, almost demanding he make all these, you know, not smart moves just to get the girls back. Like, she should know that the girls aren't as valuable as... Jamie Lannister. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like she's getting a little desperate to get them back.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's really, it's really, um, it feels like crap saying that. (laughs) Yeah. It does. It does. Like saying, like, (laughs) hey, like, in all honesty, letting Jamie go and trading it for the girls, that's like, in terms of, you know, the worth of human lives and love and family and all that, it's definitely even. But when it comes to this point where they're in the middle of a war, like like Jamie can lead an army. Jamie is a very strong fighter. He can do a lot on the battlefield. Whereas Arya and Sansa can't. Um, and the thi- and and the thing is like even I-, I think if you take it from the Lannisters' point of view, I guess it could be a rough. Dis- it, c- it might be slightly rough just because they'd be giving well. They'd be while well, they'd be gaining a great general and a leader. They'd be giving up their hostages and kind of their vice. You know. Right, but but no, I I kind of agree. I think I think the reason why Catelyn is so kind of stumbled right here is just because there's so much tension with Rob, his, her new relationship with Rob right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I agree. She's, she's trying to be a mother to him, but she can't really be the mother that she wants to be to him because he's a king now. Um, she's so she's dealing with that. She's also dealing with kind of you know. This sounds a little negative, but Rob's kind of pride right now, you know, or mm-hmm. the image that he has to put out. There. Maintain. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to maintain that image of being a king. He can't be going to his mommy to, you know, ask for advice or for comfort or anything like that. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I feel like Catelyn, I feel like she sort of steps, sets up over the line here at one point, And she's trying to, like, guilt him into doing, into doing whatever it takes to get the girls back. Kind of like, kind of like you were saying, it's not the smartest move.
1: Well, yeah. Cause at one point she's just like, well, if giving Jamie Lannister back is what we have to do to end this and get the girls back, then that's
0: what we should do. And he's
1: just like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, and,
0: and I, and I agree. Yeah. It, it, unless, unless peace is, unless there is peace and everything goes down great, then I can see the trade happening. But if they're going to be in, a, in the middle of a war still, they can't. You can't let him. You can't let Jamie. Right. It just, it's just not going to happen. Um, I mean, e- I mean, it even hits to the point that Rob basically is trying to get rid of her. Like <laughs> she, he mentions like, Hey, you know, why don't you go up to the twins and you can check out the girls there and, you know, send me some, you know, some advice on which one I should marry and wh- which, which I just, I cannot imagine. <laughs> in any sense of the word, like, I mean, it's just, the thing is this, like, I think the only acceptable thing that Catelyn, I don't know, she probably should do, I don't know, I'm sure this is a very tension argument here, but the only other, the option she has is to go home and be with Bran and be with Rickon and, you know, rule Winterfell with them, basically. And maybe that is what she should do.
1: Yeah, which, looking forward, maybe that's what she should have done.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well it's, it's really tough because i don't know the more and more we read about catelyn the more i feel like i'm not saying she's a bad mother but she isn't a person to just sit there and let other people do you know the important stuff you know i i feel like if she went home um i feel like she'd just be itching Mm -hmm. you know all day you know with worry and you know i just can't imagine her being up there and Leaving Rob to and just kind of hoping everything turns out fine. She's a doer, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, as well, much
1: as as much as the boys are young and they probably need her, she knows that they have Meister Lewin and everybody else there who can help them at this time. Where Rob is making like you know world changing decisions, mm-hmm. so she's gonna feel that Rob needs her more than the boys do.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I think. Hmm. I'm not going to die on this hill, but it probably would be the it probably would be best for her to go back to Winterfell, even, even like that's the right decision, even though it, against, it goes against who she is. Right. But like I said, if anybody out if anybody out there listening is like Harrison, you are an idiot, and here's the ten reasons why. I will gladly read those, and <laughs> you, you can you can push me off the hill. That's totally fine. <laughs>
2: um,
0: kind of the next thing they start talking about is they're trying to is they're starting to argue about um so so the the plan is they're going to be sending theon to back to his father in order to basically strike up an alliance because rob's thinking okay if this doesn't work out i need more men and if i can get the Greyjoys on my side i'll get their ships that's going to be a huge boost to my army and us being able to navigate the waters and get to places you know where it's where we can attack from multiple angles and okay, now this is really this is really tough for us as readers, especially us because we know what happened with the right. whole Theon betrayal and things like that. So spoiler alert. Yeah, shocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Catelyn's basically like, I don't trust Theon. You shouldn't send him. Rob is saying, Look, it's his son. He's gonna be. He's gonna listen to him. And I think I, there's a better favor of you know of, of this happening if I send Theon. Uh, what do you think, Brooke? Like, tr- like I know it's really tough to try and not, you know, use the information we have for what happens in the future. But, I, yeah, what do you think?
1: <sighs> I think it's almost, like, the same as sending the, the prisoner back earlier, the fray man back earlier, <laughs> and asking him to come back. Like, I just think it's like you're sending your enemy back home. Why would he listen to you? <laughs> like, That's... I... You know hmm. what I mean? Like I just feel like it's a parallel.
0: That that's great. No, that that I, I didn't even catch that. Good job, Brooke. I think So, so my one argument that I have now. This is keep now. I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about something that happens in the future, even though mm-hmm. I just said don't do that. But I'm going to because well, I have the microphone. Um, <laughs> it's my so. And I'm when, not getting off. So when Theon goes to the Iron Islands, when he sails in, he he sees that. Basically, all of the ships are ready. Like, they're loading up. And, and basically, Balon Greyjoy has already set in motion the plans of invading the North. Like, mm-hmm. that was already happening before Theon ever got there. So I could see someone using that as an argument to be like, look, like, Theon, Theon didn't initiate the whole invade in the North. Balon Greyjoy did that. So it's fine that he went there. But, right. But honestly, I, 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 I agree with you trying to not think about what Theon does later on. But sending him there is, you know, you're sending him back home. You're giving up your leverage. You're also, also, Catelyn's biggest argument in my, in my mind is, he's, she says that, look, he's had a crown, he's wore a crown before. He's rebelled before. He is an ambitious guy. And if you send someone in who, you know, who is in a neutral position, if you don't, you know, if you send in Theon, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. If you send someone in with a neutral position, at least they're going to come back, you know? Like, it's guaranteed they're going to come back because so they're not going to just, one guy's just not going to join Baelon Greyjoy, especially a Northman, right?
1: Right. You see, it's funny you say that though, because I actually agreed with Rob's side of the argument on that mm. point. Because I was like, if he sends his son and is like, here, you know, be king of the Iron Islands, I'm going to be king of the North. We'll each have our own kingdom again. You know, sending his son is like a sh- a sign of good faith. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's why Rob kind of had it in his mind to send Theon, and that it was okay. Other than the fact that you know, they're close and they do things together, and Theon's kind of mm. like Rob's right hand man. But
0: right, I I will say um, Theon's first chapter is is really um pretty eye opening. By the way, I'm really excited when we get there. But mm, kind of kind of all the things that that. Balon brings up is, is something else that I don't know I, I wouldn't have thought of it naturally without him pointing it out but when he gets there Balon's basically like look you lived with the Starks forever you're not an iron ironborn anymore like why would I listen to you and you know yeah true everyone you know Rob's expecting like oh like I'm sending the sun and they're gonna have a great rapport and it's like look he's been a prisoner up north for what 14 years I think I think it's what no 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 it's probably not 14 years it's probably like 10 years Yeah, because yeah, the Greyjoy rebellion rebellion happened nine years before the start of the story. So yeah, it's been probably about that's right. So uh, yeah, like he brings up some stuff that I didn't even I would never even thought of, and of course we know what happens later on. But overall, at this point, I I would say I don't think it's a smart idea to send Theon, and I think I think sending someone who's more in a neutral position could have would have been better. Um, let's see, so. After that happens, basically, Rob Rob kind of ends it really abruptly. And, you know, he's basically, look, like, I'm, I am i don't think he says this, this specifically, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a feeling of, I'm in charge, I'm making the calls here, I'm gonna go do my thing now. And he walks off.
2: <laughs>
0: Which, you know, it's a pretty defeated position for Catelyn. Um She ends up, um, she decides to go visit her father who's basically on, on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like how she mentions it. Mentions it to Edmure. Edmure's like, "Oh, I gotta go. Uh, see the archers thing. There's a thing," and he just kind of. I, like, yeah, yeah.
1: I have a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. I gotta I got
0: go. A, I got a thing, and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, so she in, She goes there, and she goes to visit her father. She walks in, and the Blackfish is there, uh, which, oh. is, which is you know Brendan.
1: Such a love, good guy.
0: Love that guy. They chat about his health and it's definitely not going very well. He's very delusional. He, um, he's not sure what, you know, he, like when, when he's talking to Catelyn, sometimes he talks to her as if Catlin is his wife, you know, that she's still alive. He doesn't really understand what time, even what time period is at this point
1: when he's not asleep.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, but Brendan's got some important information to chat about. So they head out into the balcony and they, and, uh, And they delay it even more because I I think Brendan's got bad news and he doesn't really want to talk about it right now because they start talking about the comet. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we get kind of the classic, you know, everybody thinks it's for this reason and everybody thinks it's for them personally. And, oh, it's that's, you know, Lannister blood up there. And, oh, no, that's the crimson, you know, color of the Lannisters. It's either for them or. And I think, I think, I think the Blackfish has the definitive answer for it. He's basically like, He's like, no, that's not crimson for the lancers That's just blood. That's just blood smeared across the sky. And um, yeah. I, love, I love Catelyn's response to it, or cat, or his response to this. Catelyn's basically like, well, whose blood is it? Ours or theirs? It's like, when has there ever been a war that there hasn't been blood on both sides? And she's I like, know, mm-hmm.
1: such a good line.
0: It is a great line, and I think I think it just sets in, you know, perspective, especially because, kind of like I keep mentioning, you know. You know Rob Rob is feeling so successful right now, you know, he took out Jamie Lannister's army for, Army and captured him. I mean, that's a pretty big win. He's winning a lot of these individual battles, and I'm sure he feels kind of on top of the world and this is kind of a nice humble moment for the reader to mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, like it may feel good right now, but just realize people are dying out there, and terrible things are happening. You know, this isn't a good thing right that this is even happening, so it's a nice somber moment for us. Um, let's see reading over my notes real quick. Um so then we kind of get a nice little update on what's what, what's happening. Um there's still a lot of raiding and pillaging going on. It's actually getting worse. Um he talks about but basically the the lords that were sent out from River Run to hey go back to your homes, protect your people basically they're all dying. Like just one mm-hmm. by one. They're getting captured, they're getting taken over because I mean, it it only makes sense they're heading out in smaller smaller war war bands or parties or whatever you want to call right, them,
1: trying to defend their land.
0: Yeah, and they just get took they just get wiped out by those by the Lannister army. Um, um. One one thing that they do mention again is they do bring up Beric Dondarian again, which is which
1: he, <laughs> name <he> should, drop.
0: <laughs> yeah, another <that was> name <laughs> drop. He's just sprinkled throughout a lot a lot whenever they talk about the war. I think even in this chapter they mention like oh yeah like so and so said he, he killed him and he was dead but I guess he wasn't because he keeps coming back and he keeps you know he's doing more guerrilla warfare he comes in you know takes out a little bit and heads back into the woods and it's I... so
1: funny to me the way it's worded though it's just so nonchalant like eh, that southern lording Don Darien, and then it's like take care of himself with that priestess. Yeah. With like, it's just kind of like, meh you know. Either. Yeah, whatever. Sprinkle
0: <laughs> Yeah, whatever. That doesn't mean anything important. It meant no, so not much, at so all.
2: important. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, they um they mentioned house dairy by the way. So, um, she uh they mentioned the house dairy has basically been wiped out completely. Like the last the last male of of, of the of the of the house has basically been killed. And they're non-existent now. And kind of to bring into just another horror of war, basically, um, the the last the last person of House Dairy was like a child, like he was probably ten years and under for all we know.
2: And nice. that really
0: that really hits C- Catelyn pretty tough. Um of note, House Dairy, the, the reason we have a connection with them is when Robert and Ned stayed at an inn where the whole um trident trial happened and lady was killed they actually stayed at house dairy that's so that's just a small little
2: connection
0: yeah on the nosy right um then they start um talking about tywin they talk about um you know he's headed to heron hall he's you know he's feeding feeding his army off of the raid raiding parties that are going on um then he mentions kind of the three main bad guys, sort of, in terms of what's happened in the Riverlands. you got the Mountain, who's just barbaric and terrible. Um, they talk about a sellsword, who's actually been basically committing war crimes. He's not only just killing and stealing, but he's actually he's leaving people maimed, like he's cutting their arms torturing. off. Torturing. Yeah, torturing them. You know, cutting off their legs and leaving them to die, which is pretty dang terrible. He'll come up, late. Yeah, he'll come up a little later on. <laughs> And then we also get a, a name drop here of Sir Amory Lorch. Now he's going to be important later on. He played a pretty significant role in the sack of King's Landing, and we'll mm, when, when we get to mental
1: note, people. The,
0: yeah, mental note. Bing, sticking in your brain. <laughs> um, but basically, what's what's happening? The reason, kind of one of the big reasons this is happening, the raiding parties and everything, is Tywin's basically trying to draw um, Rob out. You know, he's kind of doing the the, the tactic mm-hmm. of, "Hey, are you really going to let all your people burn and die and all this terrible stuff while you sit up in your castle?" And you know,
1: right? Like, I'm right here. Come get me.
0: Yeah, right here and come get me. And 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 the thing is, Catelyn's really worried that Rob's going to fall for that, because not only is it Rob, but all the other big lords and in, in in this army, they're all itching. You know, mm-hmm. they feel like they need to be doing something. They. You yeah, know, they
1: won a couple of battles. It's been a while; like nothing's happening.
2: Right?
0: Yeah. They. Yeah. Well, it's just it, you know, and not every, not all of them are really on either on board or want to. Be, they don't want this peace treaty to be like the main thing they're doing. Right. You know, they, they don't really want to like okay, send that out and we're just gonna wait. We're just gonna sit here, right, and not do anything
1: <laughs> while they pillage.
2: <laughs> Pretty much.
0: Um. Let's see. The. So that occurs. Um, then they talk about Hall, which I'm going to let you chat about here in just a moment. Oh, sure. So, um, so uh, anyone listening here, I asked Brooke to just give us like a good little history lesson on Hall because it is a major location in the story. Got great backstory. One of my favorites to listen Thanks. to. Yeah, and, it was uh, a good
1: lesson for me because the show doesn't really touch on all the backstory to Heron Hall, like mm-hmm. obviously, like the books do. So I really didn't know a ton about it either. So it was a good lesson.
0: Yes. And I actually love, I love giving Brooke these little <laughs> lessons. I'm probably going to do them a little more often because since you haven't read these books, it's kind of cool to be like, hey, let's just really annoy you by the way. You can tell me to stop. But, <laughs> oh, no, I love it. But yeah. But yeah, I'll have you do do these every now Um Cool. But before we do that, let's just, we can just wrap up the chapter. It's almost done. Yeah. Um, kind of the the really big news that uh the blackfish brings them is that there's this, another lannister army being prepped um which is a big dun, shock dun, to catlin yeah i know right um basically they sent in spies or scouts or whatever to um Casterly rock and there's a whole other army grow you know being prepped and trained to go back out in the field um, you know, it's a lot of green boys. It's not, you know, the top-notch Lannister army that they that's out in the field right now. But mm-hmm. still, sometimes more men, you know, whoever has the bigger number, sometimes sometimes wins. Right. So that's something they need to keep track of. And then Catelyn, I, I feel like this idea Catelyn has, by the way, at the very end of the chapter came on really quickly. Like there wasn't really a buildup for it. But um, yeah, I
1: was kind of confused. I like reread it. Like I lost something somewhere i was like did i skip a couple of lines like i'm not sure how we got here
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i would say this is like a small weak point in the chapter to me just the way it was written i feel like it could have been either built up or maybe explained just a little bit a little bit easier but basically she had the basically says okay well taiwan wants us to leave river run and get back out in the field so that he can take us out what if we did the same what if we did that to him quicker and she basically says, okay, well, we need someone else to cause, you know, terrible things to happen somewhere else. And she's like, hey, let's go chat with Renly. Let's get aligned mm-hmm. with him so that he can come from the south. And that will take Tywin's attention away from us and possibly have him leave Aaron Hall to go take care of Renly instead of focusing on him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and like I said, that happened which... really... Cool. Yeah, which I think, you know, it's
1: at first glance yeah. it's an okay plan <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at first
0: glance it's like okay that would be nice to happen
1: but then but... what happens when the lannisters are out of the picture
0: yeah exactly the just the, the problem is you got you got she, she's just trying
1: to stop the war to get the girls back
0: yeah exactly she's basically pulling at any straw in order to stop this and to get her family back together just the thing is like if you. Align yourself with Renly. I think she even mentions that she's like, I'm going to give every king whatever he needs, homage. You know, that's what they want. Which, basically, she's saying, okay, like, if Rob has to give up his crown in order for us to win this war and for us to be done, then that's what we're going to do. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, Catelyn, but, you know, you're not calling all the shots here. Right. You know, you can't make this bold of a decision and have it expected to work out. Because the thing is, like... You got to go there. You got to. She's gonna go down there and see Renly and chat with him. But it's like, do you really expect Renly to align with with us? And then then he's gonna take over as king in the south and then give up a huge chunk of of his taxes and of his people. You know, like it's just right. Like this is
1: just step one of a many step plan that has not been thought about.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. And th- and then plus then you got this whole rob's basically like sure i'll, I'll give i'll give uh bail and Greyjoy a, a crown whatever that's fine by me and it's like okay like once again that's not a that's not that you're making that sound like a small decision and it's not a small right. decision. that's a big deal so basically people just aren't taking things serious enough they're not thinking very straight i feel like they need to slow down and i, I mean i say yeah, that like
2: getting...
0: I, I say that like i have all the answers i don't have all the right. answers I don't know what the course of action would be, but from an outside perspective, looking in and just judging about what I'm looking at, it's not very good. So (laughs) geez. But that basically wraps up that chapter. Did you have something? I feel like I cut cut you off.
1: Oh no, nope. That was pretty much all I had.
0: Okay. I I, I love that chapter. It's a little info dumpy, but it is, but I still feel like it's still a good one.
1: Oh, you know, one thing I noticed that it doesn't really make any difference. It was just a little, like, thing that I noticed. Don't you think it's kind of strange that they didn't commission Micken to make Rob's crown?
0: Oh, okay, hold on. Let me think. Is Micken there?
1: No, that was my only argument against why. I was like, I feel like it's strange that they didn't ask Micken to do it, but he wasn't there. He's still probably at Winterfell
0: possibly i'm curious now no no he, he is still at winterfell i'm about 99 sure because i'm pretty sure he dies when theon takes over yes
1: because i i did read that because he mouths off in the show it's somebody else but in the books it's him and he gets beat for it
0: yes yep no that, yeah 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 in the show it's um oh god what's his name he's the he's the
1: yes um
0: Oh my gosh, I'm gonna hate myself. Cassell? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cassell. Yes. yes. Um what's his first name though?
1: Uh, Roger.
0: Roger Cassell, yeah. Yeah. In the yes. show it's Roger Cassell, which I thought was a decent replacement, by the way. I thought that was yeah. a good choice. Yeah, it didn't make because, me
1: upset.
0: Yeah, just because we know him and it makes a little bit better T V, but makes it a little more personal too. That's a, that was a great scene of the show, by the way.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, yeah, Micken's still back at Winterfell, so I, I guess I'm not really shocked that he did, he wasn't the one who did it, but anyway. Yeah, so
1: that was pretty much all I wanted.
0: Awesome. All right, Brooke, why don't you why don't you give us a lay down on Heron? I'm, I'm I'm kind of excited I'm excited to hear that. Okay.
1: So what we know about Heron Hall right now is that it's um currently ruled by House Went, but it's being occupied by Tywin Lannister and his hosts. Until just very recently, Cersei and Joffrey gave Harrenhal to Janna Slint uh, for his for you know his points in the whole betraying Ned Stark thing. So, here's the backstory. Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hate that Slint, but here's the backstory on Harrenhal. So Harrenhal is the biggest castle in the Seven Kingdoms. Um, it was commissioned by. Um the Black, or also known as King Heron. Um I think you spell it as I don't know how you say the last name. It's H H O A R E. Hare?
2: Hare?
1: Hare? Hare? Yeah, Yeah, sure.
2: Right.
1: (laughs) So um his house had ruled the Iron Islands and the Riverlands as the king of the Isle and Rivers for three generations. And He just thought he was all big and bad, and he wanted to have the biggest and best castle in the Seven Kingdoms. So he constructed it on the northern shore of the God's Eye. It's five huge towers um they say that the measurements of this castle were more like they were built for giants rather than humans there's it's got the largest chamber in westeros it's bigger than the red keep they actually had this um very first great council meeting there because they thought so many people would come that the red keep wouldn't be able to hold them all so they had it in the harren hall um chamber instead Huh. Um, the Godswood, it said was 20 acres. So that's compared to like oh. Winterfell. Yeah, like this place is like huge. It has like streams and everything else running through it. Like this place is huge. It took 40 years um for for King Heron to build this um great keep, the Heron Hall. And then right as he was moving in, Aegon the Conqueror showed up. And they He fought he raised the banners and he fought them off for a while, but years of pillaging the Riverlands to build Hall itself and to feed his armies against Aegon the Conqueror, a lot of the Riverland lords um, turned against him and went to the Targaryens. So, Harren the Black, he holed up in Hall. He was ready for siege. Mm-hmm. Well, Aegon went and he offered Har- um, King Harren to be lord of the Iron Islands. And Heron's like, um, hell no, I don't think so. So he thought because his castle walls were so tall and his castle was so great and strong that there was no way he could be beat. So Aegon promised him that night, if he didn't submit, that he, Heron and his family would burn in the castle. And that's exactly what happened. He flew up over the walls and he burned, it's called the burning of Heron Hall. He burned the entire castle. And actually it was so hot, it made the rocks have like a melting effect on the castle. And, mm. Her- and King Heron's line died that day. Ever since... Heron Hall is said to be cursed. In between House Haors and House Went, there are seven different owners of Heron Hall, and they have all sort of meant an untimely devise, whether it was by fever, whether it was by fire, whether it was by war. Um, just bad things happen in this castle, man. Bad things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so basically, they, they're, they uh, get the position of the defense against the dark arts teacher every time they it right right exactly <laughs> <laughs> it only Man. lasts
1: for so long <laughs>
0: what a great what a great backstory to a castle by the way Ugh. right
1: just one part
0: yeah just one little part no <laughs> that, that, that was great brooke thanks for thanks for giving us a little update on heron hall it's i'll tell you what heron hall becomes like a really Big bargaining piece throughout this story, and it jumps around to quite a few different. It changes owners. hands
1: a lot, yeah.
0: It does. It, it, it even ends up in the hands of Littlefinger, point I believe. Which good place for him? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was. <laughs> what I, was thinking. I was like, I'm glad it lands on him at some point. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like you said, um, uh, Janna Slit is actually the Lord of Harrenhal at this point, point. and uh, we're gonna we're actually gonna be reading about his demise in the next chapter which is so, the which curse is,
1: lives on. Yeah.
0: The curse lives on. I think it's a great little, you know, connection there between these, th- between these two chapters. That's something that Grimm does pretty well. I would say is because even though the story is so um, disconnected in terms because people are so spread out, you know, you got Danny way far off. You got John all the way up North, you know, they're you know, our characters are so far out, but he connects the chapters together you know, through history and through these right. little connections. And I think this is a pretty decent one, which, by mm-hmm. the way, I just noted that we haven't had a Danny chapter yet. I probably... was just
1: thinking that as you said it, I was like, where is my girl Danny? Yeah. You know <laughs> what? I,
0: I won't be shocked if she doesn't show up for a good little bit. If I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, I don't think she gets a chapter until like 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Interesting. I'm actually going to look that up really quick because yeah. Um, just flipping
1: through. I, I don't see her name. Oh yeah. All the way until it's page one eighty-seven in my book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's we're a long on, time. So yeah, we're on, we're, so we're, we're going to be reading to chapter uh, nine, which is Aria and she doesn't show up until chapter, I guess 12, it would be. So, so actually we'll, we'll get to her next week, which is, Oh, wow. Holy crap. Okay. So sorry. I know we're going off beat here just a little bit, but next week we get, we're going to be doing Davos, Theon, oh. and Danny. All, th- all three of the first chapters. That is, whew, oh boy.
1: It's going to be a good night.
0: Oh shoot. That's going to be heavy. That's going to be heavy. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're going to prepare
1: up- now, people.
0: Yeah. No. Okay. We definitely need to make sure all three of us are that one. That's, yes. That's a big deal. Okay. So, anyways. So, that's a uh, catlin chapter one or, or chapter seven seven catlin one great chapter <laughs> we're gonna be moving on to Tyrion's second chapter which is chapter eight and this this chapter all basically all takes place at the dining room table um Tyrion is basically, i love this i know right this is a man
1: it's so I, much better than the show for me so much better
0: it is very it's very impressive um sorry I, I don't mean to sprinkle in season eight hate here, but um, <laughs> chapters like this is what this series is about to me sometimes. It's just two people at dinner and talking yeah, there's just so much that happens, there's so much great dialogue, and I think that's what the biggest thing that messed up season eight, but that's a whole that's a whole other episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a <I> half <have. laughs> pretty,
0: pretty much so. Tyrion is sitting down, he's feasting with Janice Slint. Just as a reminder, Janice Slint was, um, he was captain of the City Watch. He was, um, he took part in the betrayal of Ned when Littlefinger basically bought the City Watch and told Ned, like, hey, the City Watch is on my side, but I'm not on your side, Shocker. Bastard. Um, Pretty much. So they're sitting down, they're feasting. And what's important to note, uh, I I think one small thing to note here is that Janice Slint, um, he's not royalty. He wasn't he wasn't living a life of luxury. He he's not a a lord of any sorts until recently. And I think just a kind of a cool little way that they kind of remind us like, hey, there's kind of two ways. Um one of the first lines in the chapter is that he laughs like a butcher's cutting meat, which I think was (laughs) was a great little descriptor there. And then when they're talking about the food and they're mentioning the wine, um, like Tyrion brings up like oh isn't this a great wine? And um Janice Slint can't like identify it. He's like, Oh yeah, isn't this like a Dornish wine or something? And he's like, Oh no, it's an Arbor. Well he's like, Oh yeah, an Arbor. That's great. Who cares? It gets me drunk. You know <laughs> <bring him. laughs> And uh, that that's basically what Tyrion's doing. He's basically uh, we get kind of a probably the first time ever that Tyrion isn't drinking and is totally wasted. <laughs> um yeah. He's basically pushing all this wine, all this food on him, trying to puff him up. You know, he's, you know, talking about him having the seat of Harrenhal Hall calling him a lord. He, he, Tyrion even mentions like, oh, I'm not a lord. Not yeah, like not
1: you. Not like you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh
0: lord, Janoslyn, I'm just Tyrion, just call me Tyrion, and, you know. And I think he's just trying to get him into a position where he feels, he's, you know, he's kind of vulnerable, you know, he's just loose. Just buttering him doing. up. Yeah, butter that guy up, you know. Um... And uh, then they start kind of chatting about um, um, his replacement because Janice Lint is going to be heading off to Hall and going to be ruling there. And um, he's he's like, hey, I looked at your list and, you know, I'm trying to figure out who to who to, to replace you. And Janice Lint basically like, oh, you, you know, I got some great guys, but Al Ardeem, that guy is the best. He will kill anybody you tell him to.
2: <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: You know, he's saying basically, like, literally, he's so yeah, he's so loyal. You know, pe- you know, he's feared by the people. You know, that's that's the ruler you want. You know, and we have a ruler like that already. It's Joffrey, and that's not going over very well. Yeah, we don't need more of that. Mm-hmm. And um, that, then they start talking about something that I, I'm assuming it happened off screen. I feel like I feel like I, we didn't read about this, but um, Robert Baratheon. Has a handful of bastards throughout the throughout the Seven Kingdoms, and there's a couple here in King's Landing. The main two that we know of are Gendry, and there's a small child um, at a whorehouse that the one that Ned went to go visit. And like I said, I assume this happened off-screen, but um, basically the City Watch showed up and killed that child, which is which of course is terrible, yeah, awful and um and that does connect to gendry being you know in the group that's headed up the Night's watch Varys took him and got him out of king's Landing before that happened mm-hmm. um and basically basically you know Tyrion's questioned about that and and you know mentioned, he's like hey like you know this what about this whole situation that happened in a brothel like what happened there and and Slint's just like, oh, yeah, the, the whore wouldn't, you know, step aside. So I guess he had to kill her. And, you know, but still. Yeah, that you, wasn't his fault. Orders. You know, that wasn't his fault and blah, blah. blah. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. So you're just, you're so freaking What a
1: great awful. man.
0: Yeah, what a great man. And, you know, Tyrion's trying to, you know, he's talking about uh, another guy named uh, Sir Jaslyn Bywater. And Slint's just like, oh, like, yeah, he's a decent soldier, but he's so rigid. He's He follows so many rules. And, you know. The, the men don't like him because he follows them. you know it's just kind of like a right. you know he, he Slint just values people who can who can you know follow his orders and do mm-hmm. things that benefit him or they're cruel people you know but yeah. and he's, he's opposed to the people who are trying to keep him to follow the rules like jacelyn bywater basically we got corrupt cops <laughs> like that's what's happening here friggin Slint. <laughs> yeah pretty much so then Tyrion starts inquiring about, you know, hey, like that whole situation at the brothel, like what happened there? Like who sent who ordered that and everything? And Slint's so just kind of like, oh, oh, you almost got me there. But you know, I'm not I'm not going to say nothing, even though I'm totally drunk right now. I have um, to give it to him.
1: <laughs> he, yeah. I expected half expected him to give it up, even though I knew he didn't because, you know, the show and everything. It's kind of like, you know, I give it to him there.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And then, um, then I think then he mentions something about like, um, he says something along the lines of like, "Oh, she was just a whore, anyways. Like, not that big of a deal." And Tyrion, I feel like this is kind of the shift, like the moment where his claws come out and just Cue you know the
1: violins in the background, like yeah, pretty
0: much <laughs> because Tyrion basically like he says that he thinks about Taisha, he thinks about Shay, and how you know he's think you know like I can't believe you just called her that and blah. And one little side note here. He mentions in his mind, he's talking about, he's thinking about all the women that he's had sex with, all the prostitutes that's taking his seat, as he says. And, all <laughs> the- and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I wonder if Tyrion has any bastard kids out there. I mean, if you're sleeping around... It's very plausible. Does, you know, like, is that something that's going to happen later on? Is that something that Grimm is just like, I'm just not going to deal with that. It's just not... It's not a thing. Um, who knows? Know maybe, it. maybe Tyrion can't have kids because of his deformities. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's funny as often as bastards show up that Somebody like Tyrion never has had one show up,
0: <laughs> you know? right? Right? I, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I kind of would expect that to happen, but maybe, maybe that's just you know, maybe Grim just decided, like, you know what? I'm just not going to deal with that. I already have so much going this on. This
1: story <laughs> is so big.
0: I know, right? I don't think I could have this. But yeah, that's just a little little thought I had while. I was there. Um. Then they start talking about Ned's execution, and Slint's basically, like, oh well, uh, you know, the king told me to do. It. It's the king. And, and Tyrion's just like, dude, that kid is thirteen freaking years old, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you listen to him? And he's like, oh, but he's the king. Like, that's just the says all the way it is. That's yeah. the way it is. Um, let's see. And then then this is when Tyrion starts getting pretty gruff and pretty you know rough with Slynn. He's basically like, look, dude, like obviously you were already bought. Because Ned Ned came to you, you know, as as the lead of the city watch, for you to be on his side. But I guess, you know, here he, you were already purchased. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, then he, he he's looking at his sigil that Slyn has taken taken over. It's um it's a spear with with blood on the tip of it, which is which which he he totally mocks up. He's just like, dude, really? Isn't that blood like a bit much? It, right. It's like it, it's it just lame. Showed... yeah, it's just a small. You know, it's it's just so obvious how you got. Your title as Lord, right there, you know, by the blood mm. of other people. Um, and it's just funny like, he's basically tearing, tearing his honor down piece by piece, and Slint is just getting more and more puffed up. He's like, Oh, <laughs> well, I, I have friends, you know, the me and the Queen are best buds. We, you know, we play Scrabble every other weekend, and um, <laughs> you know, I have all these City Watch members, blah blah blah, and King Joffrey will back me and all, that. and um. I I just love how what was it? he met, He calls him like an the imp, and he calls him a dwarf. And Tyrion's just like, look. Well, you.
1: First you he know. calls him the first he calls him the imp, and then he call then Slink calls him a dwarf, and he's like, well, that's where you draw the line.
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he's basically like, look, you should have stopped there, and that and that's when he really gets pretty ferocious. I mean, he he has to call in daddy at this point, but he's basically like, look, dude. <laughs> Just be great. I like, really I'm Tyrion Lannister. You know, I'm the, I'm, I'm acting hand of the King right now. You just be freaking grateful that you don't have to deal with my father and that you're just dealing Mm -hmm. with me. And that kind of wakes it wakes slint up just a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm sure the, the wine kind of made him a little more brave. Right. But this is the moment that he realizes like, Oh shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, especially
1: it. when Tyrion started asking about his his children.
0: Yeah, yeah, that yeah that that's when it gets really personal, you know. That's when it's like, okay, like this is affecting my family now. Like, who knows what could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So basically, Tyrion's Tyrion is deciding, like, okay, look, your sons are going to be um, turned into squires. We're going to hand them out to any knight who will take them. Um, your do- uh, your oldest son is going to is gonna we're gonna give him the keep we're gonna give him some land so you can settle he's gonna be in charge of getting getting your daughter married to someone else but, but you're not headed...
1: Harrenhal. yeah
0: yeah no, but not hair and all that's not yours anymore <laughs> um we're sending you to the night's watch that's what's gonna happen which by <laughs> the way which is by the way it's kind of funny um earlier before all this went down um i think uh, if i'm recalling correctly Tyrion kind of mentioned something like oh would it be crazy if you and LRD ended up at the watch. Like it's nuts. And Slint's just like, oh my gosh. The watch could use
1: people like you. Yeah, that
0: was it. That (laughs) was it. Yeah. Oh, there's there's the different for men. You know, it'd be great for you to go up there. And he's like, Yeah, whatever. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they could use men of my type
2: up there. Yeah, right. (laughs) And
0: then um and then um uh Slink gets Slink gets a little more puffed up right here, a little more brave, I guess. I don't know about brave, but you know, he kind of goes back to that whole like I have friends in high places. You know they're gonna take care of me, and you know what if it's yeah, you? Yeah, tries You're to the... march out. Yeah, he even says something like, "Yeah, well, maybe it's you who's gonna be on that ship heading up to the Night's Watch." It's just like, oh,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but,
0: come <laughs> on. So he starts to stomp out, and Jocelyn Bywaters at the front door when he opens it up, he was already appointed the the leader of the City Watch, and they basically. They basically take him away, and I like how they mentioned, like, "Hey, we're going to escort to the sh- escort you to the ship because it's totally not safe in King's Landing right now." Thank yeah, you. Real
1: dangerous at night. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Thank
0: you, thank you, police commissioner, for keeping our city so safe, you idiot. Um, <laughs> and before, but before he heads out, Tyrion kind of slips by water a list, and he's like, "Hey, here's six other guys that need to be heading up to the wall," you know, with him. You know, he's clean. He's cleaning the house. Tyrion's cleaning mm-hmm. the house. He can't have these people. Out there that he doesn't have under his power. You know, he, he can't have. justice. He is serving justice. And he even mentions, like, hey, you know, Alardim, if he happens to follow, you know, not make it up to, to the Night's Watch, you know, <laughs> rough, know, those rough seas, it wouldn't be too terrible.
1: <laughs> I love that part. It's like, ooh, Tyrion, he means business.
0: Right? He just, you know. <laughs> so they head out. Janice Lynn is going to be headed up to the wall. We're going to be seeing him up there later on, which is gonna be which is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, after that he's sitting there, you know, the servants come in and start taking away food and cleaning it up, and he's sitting there just kind of mulling over what just happened. And then uh then Varys shows up. He glides in as he glides
1: in smelling he- like lavender.
0: Oh jeez powdery head. <laughs> that ball head of his.
1: Um
0: <laughs> uh so they're chatting and um Basically, Tyrion finds out that um, Varys, Varys knew that Cersei was the one who ordered the killing of the bastard child. Um, you know, he already knew that that whole time,
2: mm-hmm. and Tyrion
0: Tyrion kind of gets pissed off at him. He's like, "Dude, like, what the hell? Why, why did I have to go through all these hoops for that?" And Varys like, "Look, I'm not going to incriminate myself. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be backstabbing Cersei in order to benefit you, because I'm I'm in, I'm in these waters too with you." Right'm I'm not, I'm not gonna give up my position just to boost you up. And uh, then we get that great line. That, that I, I feel like this is there's a poem in here or something deep. It should be engraved on a stone somewhere. Just says uh, he says, um the storms come and go, the waves crash overhead. The big fish eat the little fish, and I keep on paddling. yeah. <laughs> Just,
1: it doesn't sound like it goes in this story. It sounds like it goes on a piece of art that you find in Bed Bath & Beyond. Like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> you know? Keep on paddling you, you know. You. Oh, jeez.
2: Oh, man.
0: But I, but, I mean, I think well I, I kind of agree it does sound like a motivational poster at bed bath and beyond i think it does tell us <laughs> what ferris's motivation are he's just like look all this chaos and all this stuff that's going to be happening around me but i'm going to keep going i'm not going to be giving up giving up you know who, where i'm at and the power i have just to help mm-hmm. you out it's not going to happen. Um Let's see. Then they keep they continue the conversation. They talk about Varys mentions to him that he helped a boy, the other bastard son of which is Gendry, to get out out of the city. So that's that's confirmed. Um, I know at the end of last the last book we were like I think that's been Varys. I'm pretty sure, but this is confirmation that it was him. Um, Let's see. Sorry, I lost my spot. One second. Mm I got a lot of notes here. Um, man, sorry.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. So,
0: so when I write my notes, um, they get messier and messier as the chapter gets to the end. Oh, like, I
1: hear you. Yeah, starts
0: out super <laughs> nice and then it gets a little convoluted there. Yeah, but um, but yeah, then then Tyrion basically, you know, he mentions like his plan is to get people into power that that he's in control of. He can't have these, you know, wild cards out there or that they're serving other people. But then th- I'm pretty sure at this point in his mind, he's thinking like, wait a minute. Did I just get rid of a little finger guy for a Varus guy? You know, right. Like- Varys <laughs> is the one who brought up Jocelyn Bywater, if I'm recalling correctly. And, you know, <laughs> T- Tyrion's pretty unsure. While Tyrion has this power, he still isn't feeling very secure. Right.
2: Because,
0: you know, there's just there's just so many layers of loyalty and, you know, oaths and all that stuff. And he just doesn't know. He doesn't know everybody. And he doesn't feel like he's in full control at this point. And that's when Veris start Varys brings up the riddle that he mentioned last chapter, which I still think it would have been better if they stuck this, these two in the same chapter. It kind of feels weird to propose the riddle. And then like five chapters later, bring it up again.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Even though it's, simultaneous and Tyrion's chapters the break in between just feels weird i don't
2: know
0: yeah it just it, it kind of gets rid of the punch it's like it's like they set up and they're like okay we're gonna wait for a while all right now yeah you know so anyways it's fine there's i think it's the first time i've ever, i've i would say clash of kings is a great book but i think this is the first time that i've had some some consistent criticisms about the writing not that we love you Grim. don't worry about it we'll keep reading yeah
1: but... yeah keep writing
0: <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs>
1: he did
0: he did put out an update that he is writing but i don't know
1: i'll believe it when i see it
0: i don't know like i mentioned this in the game of thrones addicts group i'm like look i whine and complain that he's taking forever and i want out the book now but as soon as that book's book hits the shelf i'm gonna be hyped as all get Oh
2: up. yeah oh and,
0: yeah and it's gonna be like <laughs> the past 10 10 or whatever how long it's been i've just flown by and it's like oh it was not long <laughs> Um, let's see. So Varys then answers the riddle and I feel like Tyrion, like if Tyrion just doesn't like grasp it as much as you think he would for being, you know, we feel like we view Tyrion as kind of a smart guy, you know, has some wisdom. He's a little, he's witty and all that. But, but basically, so just a refresher, basically the riddle is that there's a sellsword who stands and stands in the middle. There's a king, there's a holy man, and there's a rich man. And there and all three of them are basically trying to tell his sort, hey kill the other two so the rich man's like hey i'll give you all this bread. go kill these other two the holy man hey do this for the faith kill the other two i'm your king kill the other two and i think it's a great way to describe the, you know a great riddle to show that um ferris basically says look power resides where people believe it resides and he uses the example of next execution to kind of get the point across he's basically like look You know, the sellsword is the one who has the power in all because he's got the sword. He's got the weapon, the thing that's going to kill the other two. But the sellsword is going to follow the orders of one of these powerful men. And when it came to Ned's execution, Joffrey, who everyone believes has the power, gave the order and everyone followed it. All these other all these other strong people, you know, Cersei, me, Littlefinger, all the members of the council, all these adults who should have a better head on their shoulders than a 13 year old boy King. They all listen to him. And, you know, it's just, I think, I think this riddle is gonna, is something we need to keep in mind as we go throughout this whole story, because we're dealing with power between five Kings, you know, we're, you know, right. we're dealing with, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like we're, we have to kind of keep track of like, okay, who who is in power? Why do they believe this guy has power? Why are they listening to him? And I think that's going to be something we need just just something to keep track of as we read through this whole book. Mm-hmm. Because once this whole war is done, we kind of shift to other things, and this is our time to kind of, you know, keep an eye on that. Um, let's see. So after that whole conversation, which is great, I think everybody should read this chapter, especially that section um tearing out Tyrion then flips in a question about hey varus like what's your backstory like how did you lose your balls basically <laughs> and um and we get kind of a you know the moment that he says that he looks he looks on varus and I, I i wish i wrote it down but basically you couldn't see any joy in his eyes he couldn't see anything any light basically in him when oh he asked
1: yeah it, it says him. it says the unit smile never flickered, but his eyes glittered with something that was not laughter. That's what it
0: is. Thank, you for, thank you for pulling that, pull, pulling that up. Um, and but basically, Baris is like, "That's a long tale. Like, let's not stress about that right now." Okay, and, we have uh, more
1: important things to talk about. Yeah,
0: right. Um. Let's see. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know where this is at. He says something about shadows killing and about small men casting big shadows. I don't know if, if you have that on you right now. Oh. Uh... Oh, let me see let me see like I, I just can't, I just can't remember the context as to why he was why he said it
1: so it says um, Varys smiled here, here then power resides where men believe it resides no more and no less so power is a mummer's trick a shadow on the wall Varys murmured yet shadows can kill and oft times a very small man can cast a very large shadow
0: so those are two just really one's a call back um to Tyrion way back in John's first chapter that was a pretty big moment for when Tyrion was chatting with John and then Tyrion headed into the party and John noted like wow for that small of a man he sure, certainly does cast a big shadow you know mhm so there's just a little callback and then the whole shadows can kill of course that that's going to come up later on when Renly is killed by a shadow dun, dun,
2: dun. I thought that was an
0: interesting little just a little connection there yeah so um, once again, Varys kind of blows off the whole question about what ha- about his past, and he's like, "Hey, there's a couple tr- uh, treasons. There's some treasons we got to take care of." Um, so uh, there are two red wine. There's a pair a pair of red wine twins who are basically wards at King's Landing to keep the red wines in check, and they basically they've paid off they've paid off a, gu- uh, a couple of guards so that they can escape. And Tyrion's just like, "Okay, well." Get the guy that they bribed. Send him off to the Night's Watch as well. Which, by the way, props to Tyrion for keeping the Night's Watch in mind. He's Heck, he sent right, like... I
2: know! He's already, guy, like, he's
0: already sent like eight guys up there. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and just to, you know, let's keep an eye on them. Make sure nothing crazy happens. Um, there is a captain of, a, of one of the ships at King's Landing that wants to basically defect and head off to um, Stannis and swear loyalty to him. And t- I don't know. I don't know. This, this part's a little rough in my, when I think about it too much, but Tyrion's basically like, okay, well get the captain of that ship and you know what? Just put him down for a dose of Joffrey justice. Like, let's just, <laughs> I know.
1: It's,
0: it's, it's like, a little, it's a little at first cruel.
1: like, do we have to make an example of him? And then he's kind of like, well, it would keep Joffrey busy. All right. Give him to Joffrey. It's like, Oh man. I know.
0: Right. It's, it's a little cruel on Tyrion's part, I would say, but I guess, I don't know, keeps Joffrey out of his hair. I don't know. That's still terrible. But it, well,
1: it, it, it just, it does seem like there is quite a lot of treason abound in King's Landing right now. So I guess I can see where they need to make an example of it to try and nip all that in the bud. Because, yeah. I mean, these are just three examples and it seems like there are more, you know what I mean? So it seems like it's a subtle way to to show that there's not a lot of faith in the Lannisters running things
0: mm-hmm. um let's see next up um Timot, one of the mountain men he killed killed the son of an innkeeper because the 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 guy was cheating at tiles and Tyrion <laughs> like just basically first he basically brushes it off and then makes a joke of like oh yeah that you know the the honest people of King's Landing should thank Timot for that and I'm like that's pretty <laughs> uncool right there.
1: I know.
0: Like yeah, that was a little that 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 was a you know kind of like a notch down in my respect for Tyrion. It's like dude, that's I know. not. Oh. It's a bit uncool. Um, then um, then he mentions that there's a bunch a lot more holy men in the city, preaching about the comet and spreading fear, and Tyrion. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So Tyrion basically says, uh, eh, don't stress about that right now. That we have, we had, we got to get through this book and Storm of Swords. We'll deal with that in A Feast for Crows." Okay, like let's not worry. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I feel like this was a like a moment where Grim like kind of put it in there, and he was like, "Okay, we'll see what happens." Like I kind of want to mention right. more holy men, but we'll see what happens. You know, like you know, yeah, right? If pa- I
1: need it, it's there. If
0: mm-hmm. I don't,
1: it was. Yeah. It's a nice little <laughs> filler.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I mean Grimm's talked about it all the time. He's a gardener when it comes to writing. And I feel like that was a little seedy planted. And he's like, all right, well, let's just let that grow. And we'll see. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: of, of note, um, Tyrion does actually mention right here that he says something along the lines of like, oh, well, it is almost 300 years since Aegon landed. So that kind of makes sense that these people are freaking out over kind of a historical moment. So that just gives us a little piece of the timeline. You know, it's almost
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like two ninety nine, basically uh, AC or no, it's um, is it AC? Yeah, after the, yeah, after yeah. conquest. Yeah, after conquest. Yeah. So it's uh, so I believe it's two ninety nine AC right now. So just for all you history nerds and the all more you guys you know. It. Yeah, the more you know. And then the last thing, let's see, the last one that um, he mentions is um, Balon Swan at a at a party or like you know a feast they were having he basically makes mention of like they make a toast like oh let's toast to the king and he says like oh but which king oh I'm so funny
1: <laughs> and Tyrion Only basically more than three cups
0: yeah right and uh Tyrion basically ignores that too like whatever that's just dinner chat I don't really care about that and uh, Varys rolls up a sleeve r- rolls up his parchment with all the check marks he made and goes off to do his do you know follow his orders basically so Tyrion is um, heading back to his uh, to the Tower of the Hand, I believe. And uh, he's just kind of going through his mind, everything that just happened. He's feeling pretty. He, he mentioned this is where he talks about feeling insecure. You know, he's like, I have the, I have the city watch. I have the mountain. I have my position of the hand of the king. And yet I still don't feel like I'm in full control here. And I don't think he could ever feel in full control in this place where there's so many people who have power or are viewed as having power and as long as he's underneath Joffrey who you know everyone views him as the king and he has control of the power he's never going to feel fully secure unfortunately
1: right and I feel like if you do then you're in trouble
0: <laughs> right um, let's see and then um, then he heads heads in bronze there um, they chat about he kind of gives them an update what's going on they talk about Bronn tells him about his recruiting process of getting more cell swords, um, and then we get kind of a kind of a oh dang moment. Tyrion asks Bron, he's like, "Hey, if I asked you to kill a, ba- a baby, uh, still at the breast, w- would you do it without question?" And Bronn's like, "No, I wouldn't do it without question. I'd ask how much." And, <laughs> I know,
1: and Tyrion's what- like, "Wow, I have such good friends."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I think the big moment here is he's just like. He's think. I think the moment he's having, he's like, "Holy crap! I just sent Janice Slint away. I told I told the guy to kill Ardeen, the guy who basically killed this child on an order, and yet I'm here in command, and I'm I'm in control of someone who would do the same thing. You know, it's like
1: yeah, what type of man does that make me?
0: Yeah, what type? Ta- yeah, what type of person am I that I have these people that would do such terrible things on orders? You know, and I think it I think this chapter's purpose is to show us that while we feel like Tyrion just like totally kicked trash right there and he's like, hey, like I just knocked out Janice Slim with a couple words and he's gone. I don't have to deal with him. It just I think this whole chapter is to remind us like, yeah, he may be, you know, taking names and all that stuff, but he's still not in the best position and he's not feeling very good right now. Right. Yeah. Oh Tyrion, oh Tyrion.
1: Poor Tyrion.
0: Poor, poor Tyrion. What are we going to do?
2: Um,
0: okay, cool. Um, That wraps up our Tyrion 2 chapter. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we move on?
1: Um, no, I think that was it. The only other thing I had written down was the age-old question. Did Shay want to spend more time with Tyrion for love or to spy?
0: Uh, it was spying, for sure.
1: <laughs> That's what I think, too. <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I just I, I I think I think I think the re I think the only reason why we as readers are feeling contention with that question is you know, did Shayla actually love him and you know all that stuff. I think the only reason is because we're in Tyrion's head. Yes, we're, we're in ha- Tyrion's
1: point of view. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're in his point of view. We wanna believe what he thinks because it's like, well, we're in his mind, you know, blah, and we like Tyrion, you know, he's a great character. But mm-hmm. it's you know, he's unreliable, you know. <laughs>
1: Right. Yep.
0: All right, cool. Well, let's scooch on to Aria 3. Um, so, like we mentioned at the beginning, this chapter's pretty uh, sparse, I would say. It's basically a travel log. And it's
1: really not that many pages either.
0: No, no, yeah. I think it's four pages, five pages, maybe. Yeah. And, um, but we'll, we'll cruise through it. There's a few little things to, to chat about in here, I would say. Yeah. So, basically, Aria is still traveling north um they've slowed down by quite a bit because the r- road is getting narrower a lot more windy um they um they've actually hit a point where they came face to face with another traveler who had a bunch of wagons and they basically had to back up by like a couple miles so Whoa. that they could so did that they could that? go around each other what was that i did hear something
1: and there is a thunderstorm <laughs> <laughs> right now that's so funny i was like oh, oh i wonder if he can hear it on the background
0: <laughs> i heard I, I i didn't hear like a big boom but i heard a, like a weird. <laughs> sound. well that's fun <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's fun sorry didn't mean to interrupt no you're <laughs> good you're one. good
0: um let's see so so yeah travel's going pretty dang slow um they, at can night can you they imagine started...
1: how frustrating and anxious that must make her like the closer she's getting to Winterfell the slower
0: it's going. Oh, well, well plus yeah, it's like okay, we're trying to get there. I want to get there quick and I have and I have the city watch. You know, the gold, the gold cloaks, you know, trying to get to me and to take right. Gendry, you know. And I'm wanted too. They just don't know it, you know. So there's a lot of tension. Um they've started to set up sentries at night and um Ar- Arya is just like, yeah, we set up sentries but they're pretty bad. <laughs> like <they're not> doing <laughs> yeah. good job. They might have been, been good at King's Landing when all that was going down, but they're not good out here. And I think we get a uh, a nice little reminder that Arya is still a kid. She talks about, because she has to sneak out every night to go to the bathroom without <laughs> everyone seeing it. She talks about, she's like, yeah, one time I was heading out and Lamy Greenhands was sentry. I was up in a tree right above him. And he, she was like, I totally could have jumped out and scared the crap out of him, but I didn't. Yeah, stick.
1: but I didn't cuz Jorn would have got another stick. <laughs>
0: no, pretty much. Um then she mentions that um everyone's kind of treating uh Gendry a little bit different differently now, you know, like oh, he's a man, you know. Oh, what does the queen want? What did she do with her? All this stuff and um
1: Gendry's being all broody.
0: He is pretty moody. He um, you know, goes off and um, <clears throat> uh, polishes his helm, of course. Um <laughs> and then um <laughs> yeah, that all goes down. I don't It's so weird. I feel like this chapter just doesn't flow over. I feel like it's just like chunks. It's very
1: clunky. Like he, it's not like flowy. Where we're like, oh, this is a nice conversation. Like this is a nice journey. It's just like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened.
2: Yeah,
0: which is which is really strange. Strange because, well, one thing like he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't um, use the tactic that he normally does where we. You know, like it happens with Danny a lot. We go to Danny they're do, she's doing part B, but part A already happened. She just reflects right. back on it, and then we get caught up, and then we go into what's actually happening at the current time. And this one, it does feel very this and this, and then this and then this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But either way, that's fine. That's fine. We we love these books either way. That's um, right. So um, they start living off the land. Um, um, I, I kind of like this. This is a nice little, you know. Uh, brotherhood, brothership moment or brotherhood moment here, you know, like, like hey, you guys go off and poach, you guys go pick blueberries. Which, by the way, I had a bunch of wild blueberry or blackberries at my last um client's house, and gall, oh, they were tasty. Um, so good. I know they're so amazing. Um, let's see, da-da. and they start like even stealing from orchards as they're walking by, you know, just like hey, there's a bunch of apples, grab them. Um, and I and I well, kind of like. Because
1: doesn't consider it stealing. He's right? like, oh, everybody wants to give us all this stuff.
0: <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's just, I think it's just his age. I mean, it mentions that he was in the Night's Watch for thirty years, and I feel like he's kind of seen that decline, you know, in terms of like the respect that he received. Which, which, by the way, that is an interesting, um, that's an interesting piece of timeline that we can keep an eye on, because since Joran is used to the fact that people would treat the Night's Watch with respect, that they would you know give them food he wouldn't have to pay for you know the food he would take as he was heading up north so somewhere in that 30 years is when the decline really started happening and people stopped respecting what the nice watch does and i'm really curious if there was an event if you know well you know i
1: almost wondered if um cersei was almost spreading bad rumors about it because like Hmm. Because she sent the gold cloaks after after Gendry and Yorn and was like, "Nope, you can't have them." And they all stood up to him and everything. So I almost wondered if she was spreading bad propaganda against them, and that's why the the more time that went on, the rumor spread, and the more and more people didn't like them anymore.
0: Interesting. Okay, that's. Interesting. I mean, obviously
1: there was the decline that was happening anyways because because you know they yeah. were taking. You know, prisoners and riffraff and everything else. But I just wondered if maybe at the same time, Cersei's like, "Oh, these guys are bad. They're harboring fugitives. They're this, that, yeah, you know, what X I mean." Doing what?
0: Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. I, I didn't think about that. That's a good thought, though. Um. Oh. Yeah. I'm just. I'm really interested to wonder, like, like how it started, and you know, at what point did Yoren? Because I think Yorin probably has a good vibe about what it's what what Westeros thinks about them. At least, yeah. it, well hopefully he would because C- he's out there so often but he but he is pretty like gruffed up when he's like, like a tragedy
1: hey. old man in this <laughs> yeah, I, know, right?
2: <laughs> I mean i mean
0: which i mean i don't blame him he's been doing this job for so long and he's not exactly you know comfortable position right now especially with all <laughs> the rating happening mm-hmm. either way um they come across a lot of burnt hold fasts and a lot of more grave grave uh, more graves um, they actually head into one of these hold fast, I'm assuming to kind of, you know, to pick up any food or anything that was laying around. But they end up bringing out a couple uh, people. Um, there's um, a small child. Um, there's a woman with her arm. W- w- this is actually an, a little callback to talking about the the raiding going on. And one of the cell sort, one of the leaders there is a cell sort who's been committing a lot of war crimes. This the lady mm-hmm. they're bringing out doesn't have an arm. Um, she's crying out. In, in pain she ends up dying uh, just a couple paragraphs later um, let's see um, we learned
1: that hot pie did not kick anybody to death he that, just sold uh, his mommy's pies
0: <laughs> I just sold my mommy's pies <laughs> uh, I, honestly I think that's probably one of the more important things that we learned in this chapter so.
2: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: um, let's see we get a small little story here um, that I think is just kind of connects us to everything everything in this in this story. Basically uh Arya mention, talks about, yeah, I remember a story about a guy. He was captured by giants. He ended up escaping, but then he ended up in the hands of the others and they killed him. And I feel like, you know, that's just a out of the out of the fire and into the frying pan or or, or, yeah. or out, of the, out of the frying pan and into the fire. It is. I feel like that just happens, you know, pretty mm-hmm. continually, you know. It, it, that basically explains what Arya's doing. She was in king's landing in a terrible situation she got out of there and now she's in a pretty bad situation right now
1: kind of what happened to marima's dirt
0: yeah hey wait hey. a
1: minute. <laughs> a little,
0: that's a little too literal for my in my opinion <laughs> yeah. um and then um let's see they um as they make camp um just a, a little note there. they started you know they're collecting water and they're drinking from it and they're like man this stuff tastes a little funny and lami talks about it. yeah there's probably bodies rotting in the water stream so and pleasant think, yeah right and i think that's just a nice little uh, that's just a little you know foreshadowed like hey like you think she's in a bad situation now the it, the worst is yet to come like mm-hmm. first
1: yeah things are not going well people
0: <laughs> right. and then and then basically uh, what wraps this up uh, Arya heads out into the woods to go to the bathroom she confronts a bunch of wolves actually they i, I don't know i could see uh, when i read this this i actually did like this one part just because i could see it so clearly
2: mm-hmm. just
0: you know she's she's sitting there doing her business and these eyes pop up and there's a wolf in front of her and then there's four there's another pair and another pair and another pair of eyes and i, I don't know i could just see like the movie of that scene yeah. like i could see it very clearly it was pretty impressive but they 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 leave. They don't they don't harm her in any way, and she heads back to the camp. She chats with Yoren. The they whine about you know how terrible the situation is, and that's the end of the chapter, basically.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, still a good chapter, just
0: kind of. <laughs> it, it, it's it's probably the weakest one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So that... far, at least for me. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, well, especially this is your first time reading it, so it is. I'd I love I to have get your to opinion say on these, these. last so couple of
1: Aria chapters. Like, I feel like they're dragging on me <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm kind of almost starting to skim them a little bit. And I'm like, no, you got to slow down and you got to read. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Who knows? They could say, you know, this one word and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we've mentioned this a couple times, but yeah, it definitely feels like Aria had one chapter and he broke it up into three and they just kind of got weaker and weaker, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So anyways,
1: well, that's but that's okay. The good stuff is coming.
0: Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, the next three chapters, I think you're going to blow your <laughs>
1: Ooh, I know. I'm so excited.
0: It's going to be good. So, um, But that wraps us up for our three chapters that we, that we read this week. That was uh, 7, 8, and um, Next week, we're going to be reading a, another three chapters. And as far as I know, we should be good for next week. I don't think anyone's going on vacation or nope. anything. I just realized we didn't, we didn't rag on Madison at all so far i
1: know i thought of that in the middle i was like we have not mentioned her once and she is sitting on a beach.
0: <laughs> yeah i also feel kind of bad we we totally didn't mention that she wasn't here madison is currently in florida madison. and she's chilling on the beach she even sent us a photo a yeah. photo of her on the just beach true. reading her kindle rubbing it in our faces yeah oh, we're just kidding she's having a great time we're
1: know. happy for you <laughs> she probably, she probably
0: misses us more than anything
1: she does because we're great <laughs> exactly yeah
0: oh she's spending quality time with her family God. oh what man
1: it. who wants to do
0: that yeah pretty much <laughs>
1: <laughs> no we what? miss you madison yes
0: we miss you madison we're really excited uh, yeah no definitely the next three chapters where we all three of us have to be together oh like, yeah I won't, I won't allow it because <laughs> um okay well hey i think that's gonna wrap us wrap us up for the night Um. Thank you guys for joining us. We're now going to be transitioning into the readers on the wall after dark. (laughs) So uh, we're doing something just a little different for this one because since it's just me, me and Brooke, we didn't want to take, take any like really awesome topics away from our future. um, Right. uh, After dark talks. So I thought it would be cool is if we did a top three of something that we're a little more familiar with individually and not all together. So, What's going to happen is uh Brooke is going to give us our top 3 reality shows because yeah. you, you are just the pro when it comes to that, right?
2: <laughs>
1: I am. I do enjoy them. I hate to admit it, but I really do. <laughs> yeah. And
0: um I'm going to be giving you my top 3 um board games and I'm
1: excited to hear these too.
0: Yeah, so um I am going to do a little caveat here. Um most of them are so so brooke have you ever have you ever have you heard about solo board games before
1: what are solo board games no i don't think so
0: so uh, this is gonna sound like i don't have any friends and but, <laughs> but i i just thoroughly enjoy them they're they're basically board games that are they're not they're either meant to be played as what with one person all by mm-hmm. yourself or you can adapt the rules um easily to play it all by yourself so that's something see, that would
1: be so fun.
0: See, honestly, I love it. Like when when I first got started into my hobby of board games, I have a, I have a decent little collection. I probably have sixty or so board games. That I'm staring oh, at wow. right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll post a photo up in the thing um, in a little bit here. Um, but when I first got started, the main problem I was having was I did have a weekly board game group, but they didn't want to play like heavy games like mm-hmm. you know down to earth like, like you know let's let's put on a wizard hat kind of a thing right <laughs> and so i discovered solo board gaming and that's kind of that was kind of my area to like hey i get to you know place a little more heavier games i get to spend more time in, in this different world i'll you know, have more mm-hmm. fun so um i'm probably gonna i'm gonna mention some of those but um i'll definitely I'll, I'll see if i can sprinkle in some more kind of casual stuff too as well
1: okay i'm excited cool. yeah
0: it's gonna be good so, um, here, I, I'm going to start us out, actually. So, oh, okay. So, my number three. Now, um, let's see. I, I have these written down, and my my numbers keep – my choices keep changing just because I enjoy, I enjoy <laughs> it. But I would say um, my number three is a great game for get the beer, get the chips out, let's just chill out. Ooh, good games. Kind of a serious – kind of more of on the serious side, I would say um it's a series of games called betrayal at the house on the hill so the 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 main the main uh way the game works is you're basically a group of um group of people who go into this haunted house you have and it's a tile laying game so you walk into the hallway when you go to an empty empty room you get to put a tile down and it's a random room that could be in the in the in the mansion and you'll there'll be events that'll happen. Like, hey, the ghost pops up and they want you to do X, Y, Z. What do you do? Um, you can also find items. You can find curses. You can find all this stuff. And as you play the game, the mansion gets bigger and bigger and bigger. There's the basement. There's the ceiling. There, there's the attic. You know, there's different levels to the to the mansion. Mm-hmm. And then at one point in the game, just depending on, you know, how the rules work. At one point... Um, you reveal that one of the players at the table is the trader they're the bad guys Ooh. and there's a lot of these different scenarios there's like 115 scenarios and one in one of, one of them and you and according to to you know setup up rules like that you'll flip to one and the trader will go, trader will pick up their rule book go into another room they'll read about what their goal is it could be hey you need to kill everybody or, hey you need to escape the house hey you need to collect XYZ and the rest of the people stay behind, and they're trying to stop the traitor. And it, it's, that sounds
1: so fun. It,
0: it's seriously really really fun. Um, it there are sometimes it could be a little imbalanced where like the trader will be too powerful, and sometimes it's a little rough. But as long as you approach it with the with the idea of like, hey, let's just keep it chill. We'll adjust things if we need to, and you know maybe have some little haunted music in the background. You're, you're gonna have a killer time. So that's my number that's... three is betrayal of House on the Hill
1: sounds so fun
0: it it's it honestly is really dang cool i it's one of those games i could i could play every i could play it every day and i would i would have fun
1: (laughs) and there's so many options that you could almost
0: exactly okay um okay hit hit us hard with the with the big one (laughs) all right
1: my number three i have talked about it before is 90 Day Fiance yeah buddy
0: I actually know what yeah. this one is my, uh, my wife watched it for a little while she actually admitted to me that she doesn't like it anymore but so <laughs> 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 yeah there was, a, there was a good stint there that she loved it
1: it's it's, I am a sucker for reality TV it's just something that when I come home because I use my brain all day long and I think about have to think about things I just like to come home and not that I don't enjoy reading or like you know fantasy and that kind of stuff because I do I enjoy that stuff but on a normal basis I just like to come home and kind of shut my brain off and reality tv does that for me and 90 day fiance is a good one there's like two different sets you can either it's 90 day fiance where they're already engaged and they're coming to America and they have to get married and they so that they can stay here or they're like just meeting this person that they fell in love with online that's before the 90 days and it's just I not only does it have the drama of reality TV and the love story and all that stuff, all the you know, your good staples, you do get to learn about different cultures and that kind of thing, which is what is cool to me. You get to see like how they have the cultural differences and relationships and that kind of thing. So that part is cool to me too. But
0: <laughs> was okay, the ol- the only one that I distinctly remember still was I think it was a Russian gal who came to meet this guy. He had he ran a weed store. And she was just like, hey, like, I'm, lit- I'm literally marrying you because you have a lot. Of- like, <laughs> just-
1: I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, yet. No, like, literally,
0: it was the most like, it was just the most like, like, dude, she literally just told you, like, she's marrying you for your money and you still want to be with her. And, sh- and she's like, yeah, she's really hot. Like, <laughs> it, was just- My- it was the funniest thing.
1: My favorite are the, the Nigerian boys who like to marry the like 50 60 year old white women, you know, American women who sound like they've sm- smoked like a hundred thousand packs of cigarettes a day. Like, I don't know what it is, but they really like them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? No, now that you say that, I do remember one of those, and it totally turned out to be a scam. He ended up leaving her
1: oh see something. the two that i've been watching recently they are not scams like they really want to be together one's even like a famous rapper and he is still with this woman like it's legit man
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good stuff. i like it <laughs> okay um all right cool uh i'm gonna move on to my number two and um this so this this is a solo game so you can play this all Ooh, by i'm yourself.
1: so excited to hear about this
0: yeah, so um, oh, wait, um, here, hold on one second, let me check. just to keep you on. Sorry, I, I had to go look at my board games because there's so many I want to talk.
1: i know i know when i was writing these down i was like oh man down to three i guess i'll take a couple honorable mentions and call it good (laughs) right
0: yeah i'm gonna do an honorable mention right now it's not a solo game but it's it's a game called sushi go and uh, so just real quick it's a drafting game the way it works is you pick up a you pick up a, a hand of eight cards you pick one you put it down you hand it to you hand the cards to the next guy and you pick up your neighbor's cards then you pick one. And it's all about like you know collecting, collecting um, you know different you know sets of cards. Like hey, if you get three of these, you'll get ten points, and if you get two of those, you'll get five points. Oh, that's blah, kind of fun.
1: Blah, blah. I haven't heard of that one before.
0: It's super, it's super fun. It's super easy, and it's one of my favorite. I, like, I, like if I go anywhere and we're gonna play board games, I always grab that one.
1: Are they actual pieces of sushi? Like, are you trying to build pieces of sushi?
0: Yes, it's real sushi. <gasps> a lot, so You have to. Use pl- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, it, it but, yeah, the cards are all like sushi themed, and it's like, hey, like you know, like this ingredient goes well with this, and if you combine them, you get extra points. And
1: oh, that's it's cool. Like that.
0: It's pretty fun. So my uh, my number two is a solo board game. It, um, it's not a hundred percent solo. You can play it with other people, but I personally feel like it goes better as a solo game. Um, it's called Arkham Horror, and Ooh. it's it's what it's what's um called a living card game. And the way it works is. Every all the pieces, every the whole there's no actual board, it's all cards, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this 60s noir, um, um, detective game in a sense. Ooh! but like, do, have you heard of Lovecraft before? Not. Lovecraft horror, okay. So, this guy named HB Lovecraft, he wrote a lot of these horror stories way back in the day, and his main he, like, he would write about. Mo- like these monsters like it's just like one big eyeball and there's all these other tentacles coming out of his head and mm-hmm. kind of this eldritch horror kind of a thing like things that you just things that if you really sit down and think about they scare the crap out of you right and basically in Arkham Horror um, it's it's scenario based so the way it works is like hey like um they release like a new a new campaign every like six three months four months something like that. You buy the packs, you open it up, and it's like, hey, here's the situation. You're in the city. There's a bunch of ghouls going around everywhere. You got to figure out why they're so active nowadays. And you jump around all these locations. You have to investigate these different locations, and you have to kill a bunch of ghouls. You have to fight these giant monsters, and it's just it's it's a great like because you can play through the scenario, and no matter what happens, you keep going. If you if even if you die. Oh, there you go. You know, so it's kind of and it's one of those like what happens to you in per scenario is going to determine what happens in the end. You know, like, oh, yeah, I you like took, that. Yeah, you, you, took, you took path A and then C and then D and then ends up here. And That's cool. it's it's pretty dang awesome. I don't have the whole collection. I'm pro- like if like in a sense, there's 20 scenarios. I have like eight. So I'm still I'm still oh, so I still I still don't have all of them, but I'm working on it right now. And it's it's pretty dang fun. So. Arkham Horror L C G is what it's called. And it's it's a good game. So
1: that's so cool. Yeah. Where do you find all of these?
0: Oh, Brooke, um, I love you, but you haven't th- there's a whole world. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't think like <laughs> it's it's really funny talking to people about um like a hobby that you're really into because you know, people will mention like, oh yeah, like like board games, people are like, oh yeah, like Monopoly. I love Monopoly. I'm like, oh, oh no, no, like no that's no.
1: that's like not even like, like you don't understand
0: like, <laughs> like there's people out there who have like six seven hundred board games that are all different that's
1: like, crazy
0: yeah it's it's a whole other thing if you if you ever want to like go into it and just to get a taste of it just go to boardgamegeek.com and they have like a hot list you know the top board games that are going around the world mm-hmm. right now there's whole sections for like hey if you want to build your own board game here's other people who are collaborating and you know you can wow. share your ideas here and it's yeah it's a, it's a whole thing uh, like i said <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll post them a picture of my little collection in just a little bit but
2: yeah all
1: right so my number two is actually a recent one that just came out a little bit ago it came out on netflix it's called love is blind
0: Oh, wait. Is, oh, wait. I, th- I think I remember. I keep <laughs> so,
1: so basically, they took, and I wish, I love the concept. I really, really like the concept. Basically, they took a group of people, and they put them in these pods for, like, literally like eight hours a day like it wasn't just like oh they talked for like 20 minutes and then after a couple a couple of times of talking for 20 minutes they're like oh I kind of like you so let's get engaged and try it out no like they were stuck in these pods for quite a long time like eight hours a day talking to different people and so basically the premise was you set you each get a pod there was two pods on either side of this glass wall but you can't see the other side so you can just hear the person that you're talking to and you had to get to know these people. And they there was like, I think it was maybe four couples that actually – at the end of like two weeks, you could decide if you wanted to propose to the per- to somebody on the other side of the wall or not. You didn't have to. It wasn't like everybody was forced to choose someone. It was only if you wanted to. So basically like four couples made it out. But the whole premise was that they fell in love with each other before actually seeing each other. So then when they met, they had to put together this this emotional relationship that they had formed with the physical relationship of actually seeing the person so other than the fact that they were all dropped at gorgeous obviously reality (laughs) tv i really liked the premise of this show and i felt like there was a couple of couples that really came out you know they they seemed like they you know a lot of the reality tv couples that come out it's like oh it's a show you know you can kind of tell that like they're only doing it for the recognition and stuff. And these couples, like you know, they felt you felt that emotional connection that they had. So I that's why I liked it. That show. There I'm a you go. For a good love story.
2: Hey, nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing
0: wrong with good love stories. Nothing wrong with that.
2: <laughs>
0: um. Okay. Go. So my number one. Okay. So. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'm just going to throw out a couple names of board games for my honorable mentions. I'm not going to go into details with all of them, but just so anybody yep. else, anybody else is out there, um, Dominion is a great deck building game. Um, Marvel Legend- Legendary is another deck building game, but it's all Marvel superheroes, and you have to, you know, collect all these cards, put them in your deck, and you have to fight, uh, you know, kind of like villains, magic, things like that. Uh, kind of kind of like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: Ma- Magic, Magic the Gathering by the way that's another great game I, I have I, played
1: that one and I do enjoy playing that game I don't have I, any cards or anything it was a thing that I did with an ex, but I really did enjoy
2: it
0: Brooke you just came, became a lot cooler <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you know you. I, so, so just, my my relationship with Magic the Gathering it goes up and down I, I I kind of do um I do about three months of playing it pretty consistently and enjoying it and then I go mm-hmm. on a month. Then I go on this month break where I'm just like, Magic is terrible. It's the stupidest game I've ever played. Like, why <laughs> and then, just, then, then like I'm flipping through online and someone mentions it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love that game. Let's play it again. And I get right back into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's another. Uh, there's a game called Coup that's really super simple and easy. Basically, you get two different characters and you have to lie a lot. <laughs> and, your, <laughs> and your goal is to kill everybody else before they can kill you. It's it's, it's oh. really. It's really fun when it gets down to like two people or three people, and you're like, Why would you kill me? Kill them. It doesn't even make sense to kill me. Blah, blah, <laughs> right. blah. And then, you know, you backstab them, and it's super fun. Um, <laughs> let's see. Pandemic is a great game, especially in the cer- in the situation we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a cool solo board game that plays really well solo is a game called Wingspan. It's um, basically you, you're the people who studies birds. I can't remember what they're called. An Orna. An aura starts with an O. Something yeah, sure. somethingologist.
2: <laughs> and the goal
0: of it is you have to attract all these birds to your to your place so you can study them. It's like a engine building game where it's like, hey, you did this, so you get to do that. So now you get to do that, and it's it's really it's a really pretty game. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number one game, at least right now, um, it's a Kickstarter game that I backed. And kick, do you know what Kickstarter is? Yes. Yeah. So board games on Kickstarter, Kickstarter is huge. Like. There's so many board games up there. That's how a lot of really big games get get built. And, oh. and uh this game I this game I backed, it was like it was like 200, and I enjoy it so much. But um <laughs> it's, called, it's called Tainted Grail The Fall of Avalon. And Ooh. the way it works is the 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 Island of Avalon is all tarot sized um, cards. You lay them out. The basic premise of it is that this darkness is coming into the world and the way you, you repel it is you have to build these statues called men and it repels the light or the darkness so that you can basically survive. Um, and the it's a, re- it's, it's, it's a really long game. It's like, it's got 15 chapters. Each chapter takes you like two hours to play and it's, Oh wow. Yeah. It's super fun, but it's a great solo game just because you can take your time with it. You don't have to, you know, get four people together You know, all Mm of the same schedule, all of you have three or four hours to spare, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the basic of it is um, the town you live in, you sent out all like your A list heroes to go figure out the problem and they never returned. And you get to play the B list heroes who are, (laughs) they're, they're total assholes or they don't know what they're doing. They don't care about certain things and they have like all these negative traits and things like that. And you have to go out into the darkness and, you know you have to go find you have to go find King Arthur you, you know it has a lot of connections to the King Arthur story you get to meet all of the different knights you know you get to meet Lancelot and
1: ooh that's so cool um,
0: um and it's just it's it's one of those games that i played through it i i beat it or i got to the end it's 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 another one of those stories where at the end there's so many different endings and there's so many different choices that you can make that when you you're finished you're like okay well, I want to play that again because
2: right. <laughs> I got
0: scenario 1 out of like 30, you know. Yep. And it's it's a it's just a really good game. I um I have I have the main campaign and I have and that's 15 chapters, they're all about 2 hours long to beat each chapter and I have two more campaigns coming like Ooh. so I've so I have a lot I have a lot to get through but but yeah, if anybody's out there just, and wants to spend a lot of money on a board game, that's the one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but as long as you enjoy it, that's what matters. <laughs> that's all. No,
0: like, honestly, like, if I never got the other campaigns for whatever reason, there was a flood and everything got destroyed, I still feel like I got my money's worth because I I mean, heck, I got like, like 40 hours of fun out of that. Right. Campaign.
1: You get a lot of time out of that.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of time. The components are really great. It's it's a good. I, I feel like I feel like when I'm like eighty and my brain is still working, I'm gonna be like, well, yeah, it's, I play board games. Like, you know, it's an exercise. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, look, I'm just trying to look out for my mental health here, bro. That's all.
1: Exactly. We all Some gotta do what we gotta do. Exactly. All right. <laughs>
0: hit me with the big one i'm I'm excited
1: okay so first before we get to number one because my number one is actually a little bit different than all my other choices Ooh. i have a couple of honorable mentions okay. um i kind of lumped them in the same category but they are hoarders and in intervention <laughs> Yeah, they're so good like i i Damn. they're cringe and they're they're the, the things that they show are awful and you know, you feel so bad for the people on them on there, but oh, I just love watching them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Hoarders. I, I watched a couple episodes of that in my last time in That it just makes me like, okay, we can burn everything in my house and I'll be fine. <laughs>
1: right, I know it. it's like, oh man, this mess isn't so bad. <laughs> like, Pretty, much. Pretty much. But my number one reality TV show is a show called Solitary. And Ooh. not a, yes, not a lot of people have heard about this show before, but it's something that, um, it was, oh my gosh, it was way back when I was in like, probably middle school, maybe, you know, it was something I watched with my parents. It was on, um, they used to call it, I think it used to be on, was it on Spike TV? Like, so we're talking old, <laughs> like Spike TV Jeez. is not a thing anymore. Um, sure it's not, <laughs> but <laughs> So it was this show and there was 8 people and they went into these rooms called pods. And when they got into the pods they were numbered 1 through 8. They that was their name. And they mm-hmm. talked to this um computer program called Val. And so they get in these pods and it's just a it's a small dome, you know, big enough for them to stand in. It's got a mirror in it, I believe, but that's that's it. And then there's two buttons on a wall a red one and a green one and then there's the the computer screen that shows val's like sound waves i guess Mm -hmm. so and it sometimes depending on different challenges it showed like you know videos and stuff like that but anyway so the premise was you were competing against the other people in the eight pods but you never knew it so like you knew that there was eight others out there but like so there was uh, there'd be a competition where you'd have to lay on a bed of nails. Oh, so geez. you just have to lay there for as long as you thought that everybody else,
2: would, oh, you know, longer gotcha. than you thought
1: everybody else is going to lay there. So you just have to lay there and lay there and lay there and lay there and lay there. And lay there. So you couldn't take it anymore. And you press the red button and just hope that you weren't the first one to press the red button. But on Yes. But on top of all this, the show was like evil. Like they would deprive them of sleep they would deprive them of food like there was the very first competition was they kept them up for 24 hours and then they'd let them sleep for like 15 minutes and then they'd they would set an alarm off and the alarm would go off and the lights would flash and they'd show them a pattern and then it would be like you know a three sequence pattern and then they would they'd enter the pattern hit the button get to go back to sleep for like another 25 minutes the alarm would go off and then the pattern would add one so they have to keep going and going and going. So it was just like psychological torture <laughs> the whole show. But it was so good.
0: <laughs> Honey, did you ever hear of a I... called Solidary? So- what was it called? Solida- Solitary. Solitary. Did you ever watch that? No? Okay.
1: It's evil. It was like yeah, evil no. on television. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> what is um, I-, I was chatting with my wife about reality shows. She likes, um, she likes 19 Kids and Counting.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one she likes. Do you consider Survivor and Big Brother a reality show?
1: I was gonna put those as honorable mentions too because I've watched those. I haven't watched them the last few seasons, but I watched those all growing up. Like every single season. I have Survivor Buffs, man. Like I was a fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um I so I so I never watched Survivor. Um a girl I dated for a while in high school. She loved Big Brother, so we so we watched Big Brother, and I was like, "Wow, this is really, this, you know, this is stupid but fun."
2: It <laughs> is. It is.
1: It's the same show every single year, just with oh a different God, theme. But it is good. <laughs> oh,
0: man, I wish I could remember, I, I had a favorite on Big Brother. She was on like three seasons. She was kind of nerdy. I think. Oh, I think her name was Nicole, and she had these big glasses. And I don't know. I I, I thought she was pretty. Mm. awesome. I think she won one year. But so I watched Big Brother, and I and i i loved it and then i watched one season of survivor and i was like why in the world would i watch big brother ever again like
2: survivor
0: survivor is just so much better
1: it is now it's getting so like the 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 last couple of seasons were really good the seasons before that it was getting so it was pretty repetitive you know, mm. kind of the same thing over and over again. But they've introduced like a couple of new twists the last couple of seasons and they're, they're kind of bringing it back to life, which is cool because Jeff Probst is
0: awesome. Oh my. You know, my favorite thing about Jeff Probst is, is when they're in the council meeting, he'll he'll talk trash like right to them.
1: Oh yeah, he it's loves like,
0: it. Oh my gosh. This is my favorite <laughs> thing when like like someone's chatting, and it's like, yeah, and then Megan did XYZ. And then he'll be like, whoa, bullshit. Hold on a second. And he'll just like, I know. <laughs> Lay the law down, and they're like, "Whoa, Jeff!" And I'm just like, "Yes!" Like, that's
1: right. You tell like,
0: him. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Jeff is literally a, a, a competing in this competition. Too. Oh,
1: I know. He loves it. Uh, too funny. Oh,
0: okay. I really want to go watch Survivor Big Brother right now. I might, I might, right? I, I, I might call my wife into watching it with me now.
1: <laughs> it's um, it's Big Brother All Stars right now too. I'm just saying. So there's some Ooh. oldies on there. Yeah.
0: Good old All. You know, I I actually. Uh, so i'm i'm one of those guys that i'm always like like if someone's like hey you want to watch the harry potter movies i'm like yeah but we got to start with number one like the third one i'm like i don't care we got to watch number one first (laughs) so i I actually so i actually watched like the first season of big brother and survivor at one point and oh my gosh especially big brother
1: oh so bad
0: (laughs) so bad it's so So bad bad. honey do you want to watch big brother or survivor oh she said no <laughs> oh
1: the sadness <laughs> well,
0: but usually, usually the way it works with us especially like well, even with her shows like she'll put it on i'll be like oh i'll just go do something else and then eventually we'll both get sucked into it so i'll just put right, i'll put it exactly. on the background and she'll be like wait what's happening
1: (laughs) that's how i got i got max in the 90 day fiance he won't admit it but he he, i would just be on when i when he came from home from work and then one day i changed it because i was like oh he doesn't want to watch this and he's like hey and i was like oh were you watching that and he's like well kind of i mean it was on i'm like okay so i turned it back or whatever and then the next couple of nights (laughs) I was out in the kitchen and it was on again. He was coming home from work and all of a sudden I was—I heard him go, "She did not." I was like, you are into this.
0: You're like, yes, I, got you.
1: I know. Finally.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. My my moment, I think, was she's watching and I was just like, "But oh, wait, I thought she said she did love him. Hold on, what, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man. But- well, hey.
0: Great top threes. I thought that was I thought that was awesome because that
1: was fun. Because
0: I was trying because I was thinking I was like you know what I'm never gonna be we're never gonna not all of us are gonna do our top three board games because you know you guys don't play board games like right.
1: Madison and mine would probably all be quite, pretty much the same. So.
0: <laughs> pretty much. So I was like, no, this would be a good good chance for us to you know let's talk about something that we're passionate about. You know yeah. that about something. I know I kind of just threw the reality shows on you, but I know I know you like those.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was pretty easy to come up with those.
2: <laughs> love it,
0: love it. Okay, well I think I uh, think we're gonna wrap up for the night. I gotta feed my dog and uh, go uh, watch some Survivor or Big Brother. I haven't decided yet. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll keep you posted.
2: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, hey. Uh, thanks for joining us everybody. We had a great time on this episode. Make sure you guys join us next week for the next three chapters in the book cuz I'm telling you like the first Davos chapter and and Danny chapter are just they're so and good. And Theon. And Theon. I mean well I mean just think about it. We get two brand new POVs next week.
1: Mm-hmm. We never we never
0: had a Theon or a Davos, which is awesome. And the thing that's awesome about it is those two characters turn out to be some of the best characters in the entire series. Oh
1: so ready. So ready. So ready.
0: Fire, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brooke, it was good chatting with you. I'll see you next week. Alright. See you guys. See ya. Bye.